Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is January 20th, 2023, and our first story, newly leaked emails show that Joe Biden was working directly with Hunter Biden. This is more than just he didn't know about it. This is Joe Biden directly working to do shady deals in China, which calls into question everything else. In our next story, we got more to address in the Steven Crowder Daily Wire scandal and drama. And I give you my thoughts on a lot of what's going on. Crowder is receiving backlash for having secretly recorded Jeremy Boring, the CEO of the Daily Wire. And in our last story, Atlanta is on high alert after Antifa threatened to kill police. Now, of course, there are some smaller segments on the back end. So stick around. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Joe Biden lied. We all know he lied at this point because the story just keeps getting worse. But Biden claimed that he had no idea what was going on with Hunter Biden's business. He didn't work with him. And new emails have been released showing that Joe Biden was directly involved. This is not just Joe Biden talking to his son about business. This is Joe Biden literally working with his son on selling natural gas to China in 2017. Now, you may say, Tim, I don't know why that matters. How is that corruption? Well, it all ties together especially with what is going on in Ukraine. And I have to wonder if the $100 billion sent over to Ukraine is basically Joe Biden paying them off. It is a long and intricate story. And I do believe this is more evidence of corruption. It's hard to know exactly what's going on in Biden world. But as I often mention, Politico magazine reported on a story they called Biden Inc., how the fortunes of the Biden family tracked alongside his position in office, his responsibilities. Notably, that when Joe Biden was placed in charge of the war in Iraq, his brother got lucrative construction contracts. Then we get to Hunter Biden. Y'all know the story about 10% for the big guy. The assumption is the big guy is Joe Biden. I believe it was Tony Bobulinski, a confidant of the family who worked with them, who said, yeah, they were giving Joe Biden kickbacks. But now the story is so much more. Private equity deals in China, private energy deals with China. Joe Biden in these emails directly involved. So this all, go, this all goes back. It goes back for a very, very long time. Obviously, everything's connected. But we have the story of the Qatar Turkey pipeline that I want to walk you through so you can understand exactly what is going on. 
Now, some speculate this whole story is about the United States wanting to get cheap natural gas from Qatar through Syria and Turkey into Europe to compete with the Gazprom gas monopoly, effectively Russian natural gas being sold at exorbitant prices to Europe. The idea is that Europe needs cheap energy to expand the economy and their capabilities to compete with the Chinese economic bloc. Now, if that were true, why would Joe Biden be working deals to transfer energy from Louisiana to China? Seems like he's undermining U.S. national security. And then we get the Nord Stream 2 story, something that would embolden Russia's control of natural gas flow into Europe, and it gets blown up. You know, I got to admit, my friends, I can only scratch the surface of publicly available news. And I'm sure those that have special clearances know so much more about this. But I think it's important you understand that Joe Biden, at least according to this, uh, these reports, is not to be trusted and in all likelihood is compromising our national security. I think the system is crumbling down all around us. I don't think that Joe Biden is part of some deep state that secretly wants to shore up the American empire. I think he's gutting it. I think the allies of Biden have seen the, the Titanic hit the iceberg and have decided before anybody finds out to take as much fine china and silverware as they can, load it up into one of the, one of the safety boats, lifeboats, and GTFO before people panic and realize the ship is sinking. And that's what he's doing. And that's why he's been doing these deals. And that's why they've been doing deals with China. Because the way they see it, the U.S. economy is on the downturn. China's economy is exploding. Why not bet on the winner? So what do they do? Begin transferring assets and working deals with our adversaries, selling us out. I believe that's how dark things have truly gotten. But let's read the news here, and I'll walk you through the story of the Qatar Turkey pipeline, Gazprom, the gas monopolies, Joe Biden's illicit business dealings with his son, and uh, how 10% for the big guy really works. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com to become a member and support our work at TimCast.com. Just at TimCast.com, click that join us button, sign up 10 bucks a month, and you are creating a fortification to make sure we can keep doing this work in an economic crisis. If we get censored or banned or you give me some sick days, I missed a couple days this week because I could barely talk. Voice is coming back. I'm really excited. I like talking. But thanks to you as members, I was not freaking out that I could not work in the mornings. And it was hard to work through Timcast IRL, admittedly, but I just I, I can't take days off. I took some time off and it's thanks to you. So please consider supporting us and our cultural endeavors. We've got a lot of really awesome projects, physical locations, all thanks to you. And we're going to be uh, a force for individualism, meritocracy, personal responsibility, liberty. With your support, we will expand those ideals. Smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the story from the Daily Mail exclusive, all in the family. Joe Biden is named in 2017 email discussing multi-million dollar gas deal with China, with Louisiana lawyer writing to brother Jim that he arranged a call with the former VP and his son to discuss the purchase. Now, why would that be? I thought Joe Biden said he wasn't involved in his son's business dealings. Nothing was illicit or ethical about it. And uh, yeah, then we saw the photos of him with Hunter Biden. Now we have the emails of them organizing meetings together. The Daily Mail reports, 
Joe Biden was named in the email found on Hunter Biden's laptop discussing a 25 million ton gas deal with China. In October 2017, Hunter and his uncle, Joe's brother Jim Biden, were brokering a multi-million dollar deal to supply gas from Louisiana to China on behalf of their business partners, Chinese energy giant CEFC. At the time, Joe Biden had finished his term as vice president and had yet to announce any plans to run for president in 2020. Of course, he still lied all about this. And the story actually gets much bigger, directly involves his time as vice president and his time as president. A Louisiana-based lawyer on the other side of the deal wrote in an October 27, 2017 email that he had arranged a call from Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on Monday morning to discuss the purchase of the 5 million tons of gas. Here's the email in question. Dear Jim and Hunter, I confirm that your contact for Chenier Gas, probably pronouncing it wrong, is Chad Whiteside located in the Houston office. His email is redacted. I confirm I have requested him to be available for a call from Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on Monday morning to discuss the purchase of the 5 million tons of gas. Sincerely, Robert W. Fennett. How strange. It must be one big accident. It's it's a miscommunication. It doesn't prove that Joe was actually involved. Okay, come on. What do you take us for? All of these accidents just keep happening. Let me show you my favorite. Whoopsie. PolitiFact. Document shows that Hunter Biden paid Joe Biden $50,000 a month in rent. False. Why? Well, as it turns out, PolitiFact purports that someone told them, mind you, the $49,910 amount of rent was actually, it actually matched the quarterly rent for the House of Sweden an office building that Hunter Biden was renting. Well, let me just take PolitiFact at their word that some guy they talked to, that they took him at his word, and that proves it. Spare me your garbage. We have a background screening request listing Joe Biden's address, listing a monthly rent amount of $49,910. Now, by all means, it's entirely possible that Hunter Biden's assistant or whoever wrote it, you think, PolitiFact, put the wrong number down. And they didn't mean to imply he was paying 50 grand for a residence. They just randomly inserted $50,000 that's supposed to go to some office in Washington, D.C. That has nothing to do with the background screen request, has nothing to do with his apartment. Funny how that works. PolitiFact says, we talked to a guy who assures us that number does match the amount of rent paid for an office building. That ain't evidence. The evidence we do have is that Hunter Biden signed a document that says he paid 50 grand for rent at a private residence. But false, you say. It's always just some coincidence. It was a mistake. It was administrative error. This is what happens. Oh, no, 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 no. They didn't mean that Joe Biden was actually on the call. He meant Jim. He wrote Joe on accident. How many times does some psychotic story need to happen where they keep saying it's a coincidence, it's a mistake, it's an accident? Sorry, I don't buy it. Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company tied up in the whole fiasco. Gazprom, a Russian natural gas company, is sending natural gas into Europe through Ukraine. It controlled a large portion of natural gas into Europe, and it was very expensive. The U.S. wanted to offset this. I shouldn't say the U.S., but NATO. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. 
Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. By building the Cutter Turkey Pipeline, Syria said, no, we're not going to let you do it because Russia is our ally and they make money off of Europe. Surprise, surprise, a civil war erupts. We oppose Assad. Surprise, surprise, amid all the conflict, Burisma, an energy company, pops up in Ukraine with Mykola Zlachevsky as the founder and Hunter Biden, who has no business doing deals in Ukraine, doesn't speak the language, all of a sudden is on the board of directors, along with a former CIA director. Coincidence? I don't think so. Then Joe Biden comes in and says, if you want the billion dollar loan guarantee, fire the prosecutor, Victor Shokin. Shokin, who happened to have about a dozen open investigations into Burisma and Michael Zajewski, all of a sudden is now being fired because Joe Biden demanded it. He was investigating a company where Hunter Biden worked. Joe Biden, I'm not saying Joe Biden did it because his son worked there, but he did. Come to me and tell me it's a coincidence again. And I say, good day, sir. I'm done listening to your psychobabble conspiracy theories. Let's break this down. Let's break down what this means. An email shows that Joe and Hunter were working together to sell energy in the United States to China. I don't care if it's nefarious or not. The fact is he did. Joe lied, saying I didn't have any business dealings. Are you going to come to me and say this email is a mistake? It never happened. Then why does it keep happening that there are documents connecting Joe with Hunter's business dealings that we know Hunter Biden was paying the family expenses according to his own messages? That he says, dad makes me give him my salary. That he's he's purporting on a document to give $50,000 a month in rent for his dad's property. But whoopsie, it was a typo. He actually meant something else. Every single time something happens, the mainstream media, the narrative shifts and says it was all one big misunderstanding. Joe lied directly. And what does the media say? They say he didn't actually lie. Here's what he really said. Shut up. I'm not playing these games anymore. Matt Taibbi did the reporting. Victor Shokin, the prosecutor in Ukraine, did have open investigations into Burisma where Hunter Biden worked. Joe Biden illegally went to the president and said, if you want a billion dollars in loan guarantees from from the United States, fire the prosecutor or else. He does not have the authority to withhold congressionally approved loans. They accused Trump of that. I'm sick of this. They're lying. Now, maybe you want to come to me and say, Tim, this is all about U.S. interests in the region and protecting our assets and strengthening Europe. Oh, is that so? Then why is Joe Biden selling energy to China? Because it's a lie. Because Joe Biden saw the Titanic hit the iceberg and says, strip it from all the metals you can, get in the lifeboats and let's GTFO and leave everyone else to sink. Prove me wrong. Release proof. Prove me wrong. Show me exactly why. Maybe, maybe it's all Joe Biden. Just being a good guy. 
He's a, he's a good guy, you know, and, and, and he's working with American intelligence to save this country. You have not justified it to me. You have not proven it to me. You've only lied the whole time, and I do not trust you. I love this country. I don't want Russia to win. I don't like Russia. I don't want China to win. I don't like China. But it sure does seem like Joe Biden is working for China and not the United States. So prove it or GTFO. Let's read. They say, well, it's possible that Baton Rouge lawyer Robert Fennett mistyped Joe instead of Jim. Oh, whoop de whoa, another coincidence. Other emails and whistleblower testimony suggest Joe was involved in Hunter's business dealings with the Chinese. The White House did not respond to comment. In emails with Fennett, Jim emphasized that the Biden family's involvement in the project. Quote, we Bidens often fraught with problems that they can come from working with family members are of a different mind. I don't know what that means, but it sounds gibberish. It's all about family and people we choose to do business with. Business with. He wrote to Fennett on October 19th of that year. The call Fennett was setting up for the Biden family was with Chernier, a Texas energy company or Chernier, whose executives have close links to Joe Biden. The president hired former Chernier board member Heather Zykal as his campaign climate advisor in 2020 and former lobbyist and vice president Ankit Desai was Joe's political director in 05. Fennett laid out one proposal in his liquid natural gas deal with the Bidens and their Chinese partners in an email October 20th, 2017. I want to walk you through it. Let's go. Le Monde. The Arab gas pipeline project makes it possible to bypass Russia and avoid the long liquid natural gas tanker journey from Qatar. That was the story. The Qatar Turkey pipeline. It's a simple story, right? Simple story. From news.com.au is the fight over a gas pipeline fueling the world's bloodiest conflict 2015. You see, it had to go through Syria. It had to go through Turkey. The pipeline would have brought cheaper gas into Europe. Now, I don't know exactly why it's all going down, but, you know, it's one of the leading theories. Russia to break the Gazprom gas export monopoly via Nord Stream 2. Russia was going to actually expand its deliveries into Europe. Oh, what's this? Russia says UK Navy blew up Nord Stream London and I's involvement. I don't know who blew it up. Maybe it was the UK. I doubt it was Russia. I don't know why Russia would blow up their own pipeline. But you can see, there's something below the surface we don't know. I am but a humble man complaining on the internet who is sick of being lied to. I understand national security. I understand that if it is true that the intelligence agencies of the U.S. are seeking to protect the United States and its resources and assets, they cannot tell us everything. For if they were to publicly declare their intentions and goals, we would lose. I also must express that unfortunately for them, Human beings in this country have rights. And that means we need legitimate justification for the use of force in this conflict. And it also means we're, well, we have it harder because China doesn't have to play those games. China lies, cheats, and steals and oppresses its people. So what do you do? I'm, I don't know. I want the U.S. to win, but I don't like the dirty, underhanded manipulations of the intelligence agencies. I don't like how they target only one political faction. I don't like how they are just not honest. And I don't want to live in a country that functions that way, even if it does mean the U.S. is not going to be the unipolar power on this planet. You need to justify your actions. They don't. They never do. They never do. 
the BBC. Hunter Biden, what was he doing in China and Ukraine? Oh, gee, I wonder what was he doing in these two countries with energy? I love the PolitiFact story. They ultimately say this. This is how I love the mainstream media. Conservative commentators and social media posts claim Hunter Biden paid Joe Biden 50K for a monthly rent to live in Delaware. Wrong. The figure refers to quarterly rent Hunter Biden paid for office space. You've not proven it. You've given me no evidence, PolitiFact. You've simply said this document is mistaken and that some guy told us here's what really happened. And that's PolitiFact for you. Sorry, that's not confirmation of anything. All you've confirmed is that a guy told you a thing. That's not proof. The document that Hunter Biden signed, maybe he didn't fill it out. They say it was a, a, a staffer, maybe, says 50K, I'm rounding up, at a Delaware home. That is more evidence than some guy said something to you. Sorry, until you can come out and prove with a financial document, the best evidence we have is that Hunter did pay his dad. That being said, Hunter could be a liar. He could be lying in this document. I wouldn't be surprised about that. I'm just sick of the dirty games. From Fox News, Biden and Hunter make presidential history as first father and son duo under separate investigations. Oh me, oh my. How amazing. Special counsel investigating Biden's improper retention of classified records as U.S. attorney investigates Hunter's tax affairs and forest business dealings. Ah, yes, Hunter and Joe together being investigated for criminal activity. Attorney General Merrick Garland last week appointed former U.S. Attorney Robert Hur, a special counsel to investigate the president's possible unauthorized removal and improper retention of classified documents and records discovered at the Penn Biden Center in D.C. and in his private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. Separately, Hunter Biden has been under federal investigation since 2018 for his tax affairs, an investigation that was predicated in part by suspicious activity reports regarding some foreign transactions. Those SARs, according to sources familiar with the investigation, involved funds from China and other foreign nations. Oh, me, oh, my. Hmm. Let's break this down. You mean Hunter Biden's under investigation for dealings with China and other foreign nations? And that him and his dad were working together? And that he was giving 10% of the big guy? And he was paying family expenses? And his dad was taking his salary? Now, hold on there a minute. It sounds like Joe Biden's implicated in this all the same. Will we get an honest investigation? Probably not. I have to wonder, is this the reason Joe Biden ran for presidency? Is this the reason why the machine lined up to support him? Because they knew that if he did not get elected, he would be indicted. Perhaps. And then they claimed that exact thing about Donald Trump. And they always do it. These people are evil. Donald Trump, the bumbling dotard, he stumbled upon a viral video in which Joe Biden says, I told the president of Ukraine, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars. Why, that would be an illegal quid pro quo. The vice president has no authority to withhold congressionally approved loan guarantees in exchange for a political favor. Donald Trump stumbled across this video, called Ukraine and said, what is this all about? Why don't you investigate? And they said, that was Donald Trump's quid pro quo. He was trying to dig up dirt on his political rival. That's weird. Joe Biden wasn't running for office at the time. He was just a private citizen who used to be the VP. They accused Trump of doing quite literally what Joe Biden did. And they do it again, again and again and again. Hunter Biden quarantined at Delaware House where classified docs were found. There was no escaping. And that's the deflection. The classified docs documents were in Joe Biden's garage. Not very secure. Hunter Biden lived there. 
claimed to pay 50K in rent in, an app, in a background check application. Maybe he was just lying. But here we are. He quarantined there. He was there. Is this them trying to deflect, change the story? This is funny. I, I have this tweet pulled up as an, as an aside. The View saying the DA indicting Alec Baldwin's a Republican. You see how the game is played? Grouchy Biden snaps the press. Reads prepared statement on his classified documents fiasco and claims it's no big deal that Americans are more concerned about climate change. He's not completely wrong. So many of these people in the U.S. don't know what's going on, don't care what's going on, and will let this crooked family get away with it. This is what I was trying to get to. March 31st, 2022. White House insists Biden didn't lie about Hunter's business deals in China. That's weird. White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield on Thursday insisted that Biden didn't lie. Really? Bedingfield stood by the claims that even after they were demonstrated to be untrue, as major U.S. newspapers increasingly focus on the first son's dealings amid reports, he may soon face criminal charges. Quote, during the last presidential debate, Joe Biden was asked if there's anything inappropriate or unethical about his son's relationships, business dealings in China and or Ukraine. The president said nothing was unethical. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about talking about China. Does the White House stand by that comment? Well, now there are suspicious transactions between Hunter Biden and China that's publicly known about. So are they um, lying again? Hunter Biden frequently covered family expenses, texts reveal April 9th, 2022. Quote, I hope you can all do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. Hunter Biden groused to daughter Naomi in January 2019. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Wow. So what's this all about? Here's what I think. Joe Biden used his power as VP to to facilitate deals for the Biden family, his brother and his son. He then demanded that his son turn over the money, a portion of it, either half or 10 percent, depending on the deal, to him. It seems the way he did this was through exorbitant rent paid to his dad to live in his home. PolitiFact is running cover without evidence. That's right. PolitiFact is saying that this claim is false without evidence. They have done nothing to debunk the document showing Hunter Biden saying he paid 50 grand in rent, other than to say a spokesperson told us that number matches a number paid in rent for an office. Hey, it's possible. But um, sorry, let's talk about what a jury would believe. A guy goes up on the witness stand and says, hey, you know, uh, this guy told me that the 50 grand was, was actually for an office in D.C. Then someone else walks up and says, I have here a signed document from Hunter Biden saying he paid rent to a Delaware private residence matching Joe Biden $50,000 per month. Who are you going to believe? PolitiFact, go yourself. I'm not falling for this garbage. I'm not saying it is definitively proven that Hunter Biden did pay. If you come and say, yes, well, the, honest, the, the, the truth is Hunter lied about, about how much money he was paying so he could try and get an apartment. Okay. I could buy that, but you got to prove it. Show me a financial record. For the time being, we have a sworn document from Hunter Biden attesting to 50 grand in rent to a private residence. Let's get some proof otherwise. You cannot just claim you debunked this because some guy said something. Garbage. They say, we couldn't figure out who filled out the document. It may have been filled out by a staffer. How do you know? It's signed by Hunter. Why would you assume anything else? 
It's how the media plays dirty games and lies to you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I like to say, just think about it like a court proceeding. What makes the most sense? Or as I often say, in the absence of evidence, the solution that makes the least amount of assumptions tends to be correct. Document signed by Hunter attesting to 50K in rent at Biden's address. Or PolitiFact says they talk to a guy who says this number is the same number he paid in rent to an office. Why don't you get us a lease? Why don't you get us a document proving it? I'm sorry you didn't, then your word is garbage. It makes too many assumptions. Well, we do know. Joe Biden has lied over and over and over again about whether or not he knew anything about Hunter Biden's business dealings or was involved. He's selling energy to China or at the very least trying to. China is our principal adversary, not Russia. They say the goal of the energy being put into Europe is to create a large economic block that can compete with China. But if that were true, why would Joe Biden be undermining us and selling energy to China? Because of corruption, to enrich his family, because that's always been Joe Biden's MO. Back in the 80s, when he plagiarized some Irish dude's life, what was it like he claimed to be like, my family was a bunch of coal miners in Philadelphia. I was the first to go to college. Made it all up. Literally just stole some Irish politician's life. He's a plagiarist. Even build back better was the European slogan. And that he's like, I'll call Mike my presidential campaign built back better. And then even Boris Johnson made fun of him saying, this is what we're doing in Europe. Why are you using our slogan? Because he's a liar. He's a cheater. He's a plagiarist. And the media defends him. I have to wonder why. I have to wonder why. I mean, I, I, th- I think we can come up with reasons as to why we believe that um, they're protecting them. It's not just the Joe Biden family that's in on this deal. There's probably many other people that are working with the Bidens that seek to profit. There are probably many people uh, precisely positioned in key positions in government so that they can provide assistance to the Bidens. Remember Hillary Clinton? She had the Clinton Global Foundation. While she was Secretary of State, the Clinton Global Foundation brought in tens of millions of dollars from various countries. I think it was over 100 million, to be honest. And then when she lost re-election in 2016, donations to the Clinton Global Foundation just dried up. The speculation is that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, was the proxy by which they could take bribes from foreign countries for favors from the U.S. government. This country has been on a downward trajectory for some time, ruled by kleptocrats who are extracting from the system to watch it burn. And along came Donald Trump, a braggart, a blowhard and an old dotard. But he cared about this country. He wanted to see America do better. He didn't need to be president. He was all he already did everything. You know what I think? I think Donald Trump succeeded in business. He succeeded in celebrity. He succeeded in finance. He had successful hotels, casinos. He made tons of money. Everybody knew him and loved him. 
successful TV show. He was in movies. What more could a man do? And he said, I want to be president. Now, I think Donald Trump actually identified problems in this country that he thought he could fix. And he said, I fixed that. I fixed this. I succeeded here. Let me be president. And boy, did the corrupt parasites despise that. If he actually shored up the border, it would hurt big business. If he actually brought jobs back, it would hurt their investments in China they've been making. So what do you do? Joe Biden, Democrats and other crackpots screamed to the high heavens, Hillary Clinton, that Donald Trump worked for Russia and it was all one big lie. They impeached Donald Trump because he uncovered Joe Biden's malfeasance. Never forget that. Ukraine gate, proven false. Donald Trump was, was investigating Joe Biden's corruption and they accused Trump of doing quite literally what Joe Biden did that he admitted to doing. Here's what I want to see. Uh, Joe Biden should be impeached outright for, for a variety of reasons, notably the southern border. These emails that are coming out, Ukraine, he should be impeached. Now, Rick Santorum came on Tim Cast Iron and says, no, no, you can only impeach someone for things they did as president. And I'm like, with all due respect, Senator, um, I respect that he came on the show and I, I do appreciate it. But I say no. We impeach him for everything he's done, and we don't forget what he did before becoming president because it's all connected. When his son was working in Ukraine and he came in rather conveniently and got a prosecutor fired, whether intentionally or not to save his son, he got favors. All of a sudden now, $100 billion to Ukraine. Could Ukraine have dirt on Joe Biden? Maybe. I don't want to speculate. What we do know is that Politico reported January of 2017 that certain Ukrainians meddled in the U.S. election to help Hillary Clinton. They admitted to it. So I have to wonder, were Ukrainians investing in the U.S. working deals and they have evidence that will show Joe Biden doing illegal things or Hunter? And so Joe Biden decides, I'm going to give him the billion dollars. Well, even Kievan Ukarthy as D.C. Drano calls him, Kevin McCarthy, he wore his Ukraine pin and flag handkerchief or whatever. I'm not a fan. I like Ukraine. I do. I don't like Russia. I don't like Russia invading. I think they lost this one. I have Ukrainian friends. I don't like what's happening. But I don't like U United States world police. They've not justified it. They've never justified why we have a presence in, in Ukraine, why special forces are operating, why we are interfering in a border dispute with Russia. It's because it's not about the United States. It's because the U.S. is beholden to Western powers in general, because the U.S. is a is a, a, a block of the NATO regime. Yeah, we're a country. We vote. You don't get to declare war like this. I'm sick of the corruption. Because if they want to create a one world government, this is exactly how it will operate. The powerful elites will lie, cheat and steal and burn it all to the ground to empower and enrich themselves because they think they're right. and They think you're stupid. Now, I get it. There's a lot of dumb people out there, certainly. And we want to survive. But I don't believe in living in a world where a bunch of crackpot elitists think they're better than you when they're not take from you to try and centralize and control the system. The end result of that, in my opinion, is complete destruction. So, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say no to all of that. I'm sick of it, man. 
but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The drama between Steven Crowder and The Daily Wire is ongoing, and it's heating up. Last night, Steven Crowder put out a video in which he played parts of a phone call he recorded with the co-CEO of The Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring. Jeremy Boring was presumably unaware of this recording. And according to Candace Owens, who was on the show last night, the phone call was made about a week ago. The big news is that we learned last night, Steven Crowder registered his domain, Stop Big Con, December 12th, 2022, and called Jeremy only in this past week, which many people are saying shows that he planned on setting up Jeremy in this phone call to try and make him look bad. And a lot of people are now coming out and saying like, holy crap, you recorded your friend secretly, et cetera, et cetera. I want to first tell you why this story is important. Uh, First, I'll tell you why it's important for me, why I'm kind of obsessed with it and really want to talk about it. This is the industry that I work in. It's the industry that I've worked in for a decade plus It involves things that I've dealt with personally, things that I think need to be fixed, things that I think Crowder's actually right about, certain things. But uh, ultimately, this is about the future of how we construct a counterculture, push back on the establishment. And thus, this is getting pretty tough. I like Crowder a lot. I think Crowder is extremely important. I think the work he's doing, especially considering you, you need someone who is an irreverent figure, who is also serious. And what I mean by that is Stephen can do parodies that will make you laugh. He can do, you know, a Saving Private Ryan bit. He can do parody songs and he can create a cultural force like Change My Mind, a meme. These ideas that, that, that persist, he can be serious about it too. At the same time, The Daily Wire has done a lot. They produce a lot. They're a big machine. I view them as highly mechanized in such a way that I wouldn't want to to run my business that way or uh, be contractually, uh, transactionally working with The Daily Wire. However, I think The Daily Wire is a massive net positive. I I think there's things about how they do business that I don't like, but that's their business. They're allowed to do how how they want. And I think in a lot of ways, I may just be a idealistic, young, naive individual. I find myself kind of in the middle between the battle between Crowder and the Daily Wire in that Crowder is staunchly ideological saying you can't run contracts this way, man, especially with up and coming young stars. And uh, he's got he's got a point that I want to get into uh, in a bit. At the same time, I run a business. I know exactly why Jeremy Boring does what he does. He doesn't want to get stabbed in the back and have the company burned to the ground. Now me, I run things fairly ideologically here. And we've been stabbed in the back over and over and over again. And it is, it is so brutal. I'm not sure Stephen understands what it takes to, to run a business at this level. And there's a reason why we are a lot smaller than the Daily Wire. And there's a reason why the Daily, Daily Wire is the dominant force. It's obvious. Look at how they run their business in ways that Crowder and I might not appreciate. Crowder much more so than I. But it makes the Daily Wire powerful. And as such, the Daily Wire is then able to start pushing back on the, the, the Hollywood industry wokeness. And I think just to shout out, obviously, what is a woman as a documentary is tremendously important. But here's where it gets tough for me. Steven Crowder secretly recorded Jeremy Boring, and that is a trust shattering moment that cannot be ignored. I mean, even even some of uh, like you know, the quarterings been defending uh, um, Steven Crowder extensively, but Steven Crowder 
recorded Jeremy Boring. So, okay. I want to make sure those who don't understand the bigger picture here can I, can, I can help you understand this. Steven Crowder has 6 million subscribers. He's one of the biggest, if not the biggest personality in conservative media and alternative independent media, two different spheres that overlap. The Daily Wire. The Daily Wire is a powerful machine that, you know what? Someone made a really great, exi- uh, uh, someone super chatted us uh, last night on Timcast Hour. All they said, Steven Crowder is a rebel who challenges the system. The Daily Wire are rebels within the system. And I look at it like I want the Daily Wire to succeed. I want movies to not be woke. I want comics, video games, music to not be woke. I want these personalities to succeed. I don't really like uh, uh, how the Daily Wire does business to a certain degree, but I respect how successful they are. And the way I put it the other day is if you were to take if someone said, I'm going to rebuild Disney from the ground up, I'd be like, that sounds awful. And then, and then they go, but it's going to be pushing the ideas of meritocracy, individuality, liberty, traditional family. I'd be like, okay, okay, I, now you're speaking my language. I'm not going to do a deal where I work with you, but I think it's great you guys are doing what you're doing. I'm going to do things the way I, I see it. It's the, the difference, I suppose, between me and Crowder. I don't like the idea of these hard contracts like the Daily Wire does. I understand why they do them. But anyway, I digress. The core of this segment and the core of this story is about how are we going to fight back in the culture war? What are we going to build? And can we even do it? And thus Crowder is angry with the Daily Wire, the biggest player in the field, because they're basically running like a Hollywood institution. Granted, their values are substantially better. Stephen Crowder wants to create something new and ideological that is, well, it's, it's, ideolo- it's idealistic. Things that I actually kind of agree with. A lot, agree with a lot in terms of contracting. I don't agree with recording the phone call. And, you know, I've talked to Crowder a bit. Let me, let me, let me show you the backlash because I don't want to make it all about just my opinion. First, let me show you what's happening in the space. I know it's a bit of internet drama and I normally don't like to do drama stuff, but this is, um, it's about the fabric of running these businesses. And I, I will just say outright, I, I understand the Daily Wire's position. I don't like how these businesses operate. Obviously, I worked for Fusion, the Disney Univision joint venture. The, uh, but I also don't think Steven Crowder understands how businesses operate in terms of um, making this stuff function at such a high level. And I'll, and I'll get into that in great detail, the things that I have to deal with, trying to be more idealistic than realistic, and then dealing with those pitfalls. But I'll throw it over to Viva Fry, and I'll show you community reaction because Crowder's actually getting some pushback on his own contracting. Steven Crowder has been accused of holding uh, an individual that used to work with him, not gay Jared, under contract so that he can't come out and talk about what's going on. And another individual came out and said that he was an up and coming young star producing on social media. And actually Crowder's team came and, and took from him his social media. Now, I want to say this. I'm a big fan of Crowder. Uh, I like the guy. He needs to have his opportunity to come and express himself. Candace Owens was booked on the show a month and a half ago, just so happens the drama lights up. She's here. She goes off. Interestingly, after Candace Owens stated her case and made points about why she thinks Crowder's in the wrong, the polling we saw started to shift. It was like 80% in favor of Crowder, started to shift. And now people are tweeting, you know what? Actually, I don't know if I agree with Crowder at this point. Crowder is going to be here on Monday. Wish we could have got him in today or sooner. 
I don't think Crowder's a bad guy. Candace Owens said she thinks he's doing this just for the money. I don't agree with that. Crowder is a rich guy. He doesn't need to do this just for the money. That to me is silly. I think Crowder wants to, uh, I think Crowder wants to go to war and the Daily Wire wants to reform. And that's where I'm at. I'm a reformer, not a revolutionary. Crowder is being a revolutionary. I respect it. You know, that sentiment is needed. But I look at it like this. Is the Daily Wire getting us victories on the battlefield? Yes. Are they running straight through the battlefield and trying to storm down the enemy gates? No. Crowder wants to do that. I don't know if that's a a workable strategy, but I understand why the blitz is a working strategy. And I understand why the, you know, and the control, you know, for those that are fans of Magic the Gathering, I mean, this may be esoteric, but I'll just put it this way. Steven Crowder is trying to play aggro. He's trying to play red and the Daily Wire is trying to play blue. If, if any of you understand what that means, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't understand. But uh, basically what I'm saying is, in Magic, the, the, the red style play is very, very fast, very, very aggressive, storming. The blue style play is build up your, your resources, start gaining control of the board until you own the whole thing, and then push your enemies out. Both work, and both can work against each other. So here's Viva Fry. Steven Crowder posted the video, I didn't want to do this. Look, man. I like Crowder, but you, look, Crowder, I mean, this, you didn't want to do it. You recorded Jeremy Boring without him knowing. That's trust breaking, man. I, and, I, and I get it, but, but let's, let's read. Fry, Viva Fry says, I like Crowder, but this is getting worse and worse for him. Who's going to now negotiate with him knowing that he will disclose the contract, defame you if he thinks he's being exploited, secretly record conversations that'll re- release afterward, win the battle, lose the war. Someone responded to Viva saying, said, I love you, brother, and we definitely need to go kayak fishing, but he doesn't need any future employers. This makes Daily Wire look much worse than it makes Crowder look, perhaps. But Stephen Crowder needs employees. And if you're in the business of, you know, look, Crowder, I disagree on this one. Secretly recording people, I'm not, I, I, that's, I don't know, that's dirty. Sorry, it just is. Look, I think Crowder's an important voice. But wow, dude, look, you want to negotiate with, with, with somebody and you don't like what they have to offer. I've had so many business deals. I, I've talked with Rumble. I've talked with the Daily Wire. I've talked with the Blaze. I've talked with other big New York media companies that are woke and garbage. But that was a, a while ago. I never record these conversations. Now, to be fair, some of these conversations are garbage. And a lot of people are like, dude, you have to expose this and name names to show the, how the business, how the sausage is made so that people can know what's really going on. Fair point. Absolutely. And that I can understand why Crowder was doing it. He's viewing this from a very ideological lens. The Daily Wire is putting together these contracts that basically say you have to be able to produce on the big tech platforms as per their rules or else we're not going to sign you. And that means big tech's rules are hard enforced. We don't do any of that here. This is why I say I agree with Crowder in that capacity. Don't agree with Crowder secretly recording Jeremy Boring. This is like, it's tough. It's tough. It's on, that's on Crowder and those are his decisions. I'm not worried about talking to Crowder. I don't think Crowder's going to secretly record me or anything like that. Uh, but this is a difficult space to be in. These contracts, we don't have them. The people who work here at Timcast, I have no social media policy. We've had people here post like really shocking stuff on social media. And what I've, the only thing I've ever done has been like, hey, have you thought about why you posted that? And maybe the message isn't as clear as you think it's going to be. And, they'll, and, and the response I get is like, 
well, this is what I intended. And I'm like, no, no, no. And, and you know, I've had people say like, do you want me to take it down? No, 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 no. We don't do that here. That's that we don't do that at Timcast. You post whatever you want on social media. That causes problems. That's your thing. When we had Ye on the show and Ye stormed off, you know, I was pissed. Ye left. Kanye then goes on to Alex Jones and says a whole bunch of shocking things, basically saying how much he loves Nazis or whatever. And the point he was trying to make was to be Christ-like and to love everybody. But uh, that was lost on a lot of people. And I still think, regardless of that, it was a sour move. <clears throat> we sent Shane Cashman. Shane wanted, was a fan of Ye, wanted to make the case for President Ye. I said, do it. Write it up. Like, I, I'm not in the business of being like, oh, no, we're scared of getting canceled. Don't do it. Oh, no. Nah. I, I, I believe in Shane Cashman. I trust him. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a good guy. And he wanted to do this. And I said, do your thing. We don't, you know, we, we're not the kind of business going to be like, don't do this. Don't do that. What we tell people every day on Timcast IRL when they come in, we say things like, look, YouTube has rules. The only, the, we, have, we have guidelines. If you break YouTube's rules, the show will cease to exist. That's up to you. I, I, I tell them, it's like, look, we don't want to get banned. I don't want to get banned. I don't want to shut the company down. Is it worth sacrificing the 99 things we need to say for the one thing we want to say? It's tough. It's a very, very difficult position. My strategy, TimCast.com, the speakeasy. We have the members only content. This is not ad supported. It costs us money to produce. We ask you to become members. As a member, you support us in more ways than just this. But then we can produce those con that content where Candace Owens went off last night on the members only show going crazy hardcore on her views on vaccine, how she was vax injured and things like that. And of course, I always say, but talk to a doctor. Candace Owens is not a doctor or whatever. She has her views. She should be allowed to express those views. YouTube doesn't allow that. What can we do? Ban the show? Shut down our entire platform here? A lot of people say, Tim, go to Rumble. Rumble's great. I want Rumble to succeed. Rumble's not as big. I don't want to cede territory in the culture war on the most, on the largest battlefield. We may be routed in that they're stripping from us some things we can say, but we still have the opportunity on this platform if we, if we work within the corridors granted to expand beyond and build something bigger. Meaning, Steven Crowder does this. He says what he can on the show. They still give him strikes anyway, but then he promotes Mug Club. The Daily Wire promotes DW+. Let me show you a bit more about what people are saying. Mike Cernovich. I, I think Mike Cernovich is one of the smartest guys uh, in politics. I think Mike Cernovich is just generally one of the smartest guys. I take what he says seriously. He says, LMAO, yeah, tell the world you record all your calls with friends. That'll show people who's the good guy. This is the end result of being so fragile that you only have lackeys and yes men around you. No one to stop this stuff. My goodness. Let me pause there. Crowder said he's only ever recorded three people. And this was because of what he saw as uh, when it came to Jeremy Boring as bad business practices that is extremely bad for the movement. I've talked to Crowder. I've told him, and I don't like airing uh, people's private opinions or private conversations because I don't want to cause harm. I want to minimize harm. If Crowder told me something that I felt would prove malfeasance, I would absolutely be like, no way. Crowder called me. He said he was in it for the money, but that's not true. The only thing Crowder's ever said to me is everything he said publicly. He stands by what he says. He thinks what the Daily Wire is doing is bad for the movement in the long run. That's why I'm like, you know, Candace goes off on, on Crowder and I'm like, I don't, I don't believe it because I talked to Crowder. I talked to Jeremy. I don't think there's evil in this. I think there's ideological opposition. So Mike Cernovich, I think is a very, very smart guy. I agree. Recording the phone call was bad. I don't like it at all. But um, I don't think, 
you know, Crowder said he's only recorded three people. It's not like he's recording everybody. I am not concerned that if I talked with Crowder on the phone, he would secretly record me. I don't think it's good that he recorded uh, Jeremy. Now, the, Jeremy over at The Quartering. The Quartering is a large YouTube channel for those that aren't familiar. I think many of you are. He's got a million and a half subs, produces cultural commentary. He's been very defensive of Steven Crowder in agreement with how these contracts work. I think if you look at someone like The Quartering, if you look at someone like me, and if you look at someone like Crowder, you won't be surprised why we agree with Crowder in terms of how these, this contracting work works. I think if you look at The Daily Wire, and their, their team, Brett Cooper, Matt, uh, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, Candace Owens, you won't be surprised why they defend the Daily Wire. Look, all of those people signed the contract because they didn't have an issue with it. They worked it up. They did the business. They thought it made sense. They spent the money on the lawyers. It worked for them. For people like us, it didn't work. My view is more so, I negotiated with the Daily Wire. We were trying to figure out how we can maximize everything. It is completely normal. And I'm, 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 I think it's awesome the Daily Wire was willing to have a conversation with us. We run a business. We are in a culture war. We want to win. So we said, is there something we can do that by our powers combined, we create a captain to win the culture war? We had the conversation. And ultimately, it was determined. Uh, Jeremy said to me, I, I said to him, I don't, I don't know if anything like this could work. Because it's not just, a, like, I want to make sure this is clear. Well, I'm not talking about the Daily Wire saying, Tim, we want to hire you. I'm talking about them saying, how can we make more money for you? Is there, you know, ad sales we can do? Is there guests we can bring you? Can we help you with books? Can we help you with shows? Or can we license your show? These are all things that are part of a bigger conversation. I say, I don't think licensing IRL makes sense. We run our own membership platform. We run our, we have our own staff and everything like that. Uh, as for books and music, we need to have this conversation. There was a conversation about basically everything. The Daily Wire wants to be bigger. They want to make more money. They see an opportunity with Timcast to help us do things we can't do. I completely agree. In the end, we look at the terms and I say, guys, I don't think these terms can work for us because of how we run things and who we work with, but I wish you all the best success. And Jeremy said, I'm glad that we're friends. We're going to do a lot of awesome stuff together. Maybe this is just a, not the right arrangement for us. I said, you're right. In the past few months, I've been working with The Daily Wire on a music project. I can't, I don't want to say too much because, you know, we want to make sure we get this one right. But I'm a big fan of The Daily Wire. I want them to succeed. I just don't like how these contracts work. I worked, it's, it, and you know what, it's, it's, it's easy for me to say because I was, because uh, I worked for Disney. Luke Rudkowski, We Are Change. You've seen him on Timcast IRL. He's got his own company. He's got his own website. He does not work for Timcast. He comes on the show in a voluntary capacity because it's good for his business. We've, we've also had conversations. Luke, what can we do to bring you in, pay you? And he's like, I don't want to do that because I don't want anyone to, to have any, anything over my business because I run my own business. Like, You're right. We Are Change is way older than Timcast, Sub uh, substantially successful in terms of Luke's subscription platform, the videos he produces, the people he hires. You know, we can't, we can't work anything out transactionally. However, Luke, I want you on the show. One of my best friends with excellent perspectives makes for great conversation. And Luke promotes his, his, his content on our show. So it's like he comes on in a guest capacity. So anyway, look, we, 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 don't, we don't do contracts the way the Daily Wire does. And uh, I, I have no problem with them doing that. I just, that's not how I would run things. Anyway, let's, let, let, I, I've been ranting for 19 minutes and I haven't even shown you where the, the big concerns are. Mike Cernovich says, it's even worse. Crowder registered a domain to attack the Daily Wire after he had said, give me $120 million. And Daily Wire said, no, but let's stay friends. That's the point I wanted to say. That, you know, Jeremy basically said, you know, we'll keep being friends. We'll, we'll, we're going to win this one. We're going to do things different ways, but that's great. 
Jeremy's offered me up free advice. That's been really helpful to us because he's the CEO of a company 20 times bigger than us in a similar space. And I respect that. Crowder then calls Jeremy to talk about family, records the call and releases a few seconds. Alex Cernovich, I think it's a, a bit of a mischaracterization here. It is true. Mike, Cer- uh, I'm sorry, it's true that uh, uh, Stephen Crowder registered Stop Big Con. We have right here on who is, where is it? Oh, stopbigcon.com. 12 12 2022. <clears throat> he called Jeremy about a week ago, apparently, and recorded the phone call. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Look, man, here's my view. Daily Wire has to succeed. We, they're basically a big concrete wall. I don't, I, I don't, it's not my thing. You know, I, for those that are fans, World of Warcraft fans, I'll give you another analogy. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't play, uh, uh, I don't know, Hunter. I don't play Warrior. I play Rogue. You know, these are the, 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 the character I play in Warcraft, goes stealth, lurks around. I like World, I, I like uh, Overwatch, another video game. Whenever I do one-on-one or skirmish, I'm Sombra. Okay, for those that don't know, Sombra can become invisible. I like characters where you can accumulate information and then strike at the weak point. This is how I like to, to, to do business. This is how I, I like to run things. The Daily Wire is not my vision of the, of the, of the future of what I would want to build. But they're producing content that is good for our, our message, our ideals, I don't completely agree with everything the Daily Wire says or does or their opinions of their hosts. Overwhelmingly massive net positive. What people are saying right now, Steven Crowder bought this domain in, in December before he left the blaze. He knew he was going to come out and call out Big Con. He then recently shows this contract on his YouTube channel and says, this is bad. He did not call it the Daily Wire specifically. However, he gave certain clues that Candace said, basically, there was no way the Daily Wire could ignore it because everybody was saying the Daily Wire. The speculation is the Daily Wire started losing subscribers, so they decided to come out and address the contract and explain why they do what they do. I agree. The, the deal offered by the Daily Wire is right for the Daily Wire. I wouldn't do a deal like that. I would not advocate for someone to do a deal like that. I kind of glossed over this point, so I need to go back. It's easy for me to say. Uh, the reason I brought up Luke Rutkowski, I worked for Fusion. They paid me $250,000 a year for two years, plus $200,000 up front, plus a $325,000 discretionary budget for production and, and equipment. A lot of money. They also allotted me several staff members, which was also valued to the tune of millions of dollars. Overall, the total value of the negotiated contract was probably in the millions of dollars. Total compensation for me was, uh, what does that come to? It was uh, it's like it, it, it wasn't 200 flat. It, it was like 187 something netted me uh, after taxes. The total amount was like 100 grand straight cash into my bank account. And I know a lot of money. And so that's why I did it. Luke told me not to do it. And I'm like, Luke, I'm broke. I, you know, I worked for Luke told me not to go to Vice. And I'm like, Luke, I'm broke. I can't just sit in my room and make YouTube videos for five bucks per video. Did a deal with Vice. No term. I could quit whenever I wanted. I liked it. They paid me 85 to start. Within a few months, they upped it to 100 because I wanted, one, I needed cash. I needed to save money. Slept on a couch most of the time. But I wanted to, to get a, um, a foundation. I needed someone who knew how to make VOD, video on demand, documentary. That was Vice. I went with them. Afterwards, Fusion offered me a contract, substantial money. And I said, I want to make this money, save it up. And then we'll see what happens. Luke told me not to do it. Go independent. I couldn't afford to just do it. By going with Vice Infusion, 
I was pushed forward substantially, not Fusion, Vice, yes. But Fusion gave me capital. After two years, I left Fusion. I had saved $200,000 in the bank. With that, I was beholden to no one. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I did gain followers from it. I was basically in golden handcuffs at Fusion. But when I left, I now said, I can fly to Sweden. I can buy a computer. I can rent an apartment and I don't have to work at a company for several years. Now's my opportunity to invest. It was a bad contract, in my opinion. That's why I'm averse to them. That's why I say I don't like how these businesses do these contracts. I can understand why Crowder says the same thing, because he was in a contract with the Blaze. That being said, I truly understand. Brett Cooper made her response for The Daily Wire, where she's like, you know, I would sign the contract all over again. She got half a million Instagram followers now. She's famous. In that released recording that Crowder made, Jeremy Boring says they can be wage slaves for a little bit. And then... In the, in the clip that Crowder puts out, he's like, they can leave and they're famous. Crowder says, no, you own everything. Jeremy says, we own what we paid for to make, but they'll leave famous. Jeremy Boring's right. Stephen Crowder, I don't think, understood this. He says, no, but you own it in perpetuity. perpetuity. No, 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 listen. We have pop culture crisis. Brett and Mary are on that show. They're extremely talented individuals who make something absolutely amazing. Tim Cast corporation owns that show and all of the content. I don't have a term contract with them. I have no social media clause. They're, they're like telling them what they can or can't say. They, they can be as edgy as they want. Now, okay, well, that's who they are, I guess. If that makes the show fail, well, then so be it. Here's my view. If Brett and Mary of Pop Culture Crisis go on social media, go on Pop Culture Crisis and get banned, Their show no longer exists. Well, that was their choice. I lose all that money. Let's say la vie. I'm investing in them because I believe in them. So I pay them a salary, pay for the equipment, and then they do the rest. They can leave anytime they want. They can say whatever they want. I don't tell them what to talk about, when to talk about it. I've never gone to them and say, hey, guys, you got to avoid this subject. No. In fact, the only thing I've ever actually done with them is I went upstairs the other day. I was like, Alec Baldwin's being charged. Did you guys see this? Oh, my God. Uh, I do things differently than the Daily Wire. The Daily Wire can do things however they want. If Mary goes on the show and she says, here's my opinion on X, and they get banned. Well, you know, here's what I would do. I'd keep paying them and I'd say, guys, we'll have to figure something else out. I'm not going to leave you hanging. But there's no show anymore. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You got banned. The Daily Wire said to Crowder, if you get banned, we're going to dock your pay because we don't make money off you anymore. And I'm like, I get it. Jeremy says, how can we pay him if we're not making money? We just lose money. And it's, it's $50 million. That's true. The budget for pop culture crisis ain't $50 million. So it's easy for me to say, you know, they don't got to worry about fee reductions. It's not that big of a show like Steven Crowder. Crowder also wasn't going to be an employee. But um, you also got to understand what Crowder's uh, con- his concern here is membership, mug club. Crowder is going to be getting paying members. And here's an important point that no one's brought up. 
If Steven Crowder got banned from YouTube, the Daily Wire, if they'd signed him, if that put Steven Crowder's content exclusively on the Daily Wire, I truly believe they would gain another 200,000 paying members for two reasons. One, people like watching Crowder. If the only way they could get it was at thedailywire.com and DW+, they will go there. Getting banned from YouTube may be bad, but Crowder doesn't make that much money off YouTube as it is. Granted, it is a major vehicle for driving memberships. Well, if he got banned, the Daily Wire just needs to figure out how to market that to attract more people. Here's the other thing. If Steven Crowder got banned, people would ideologically become members at the Daily Wire. They would say, I am sick of big tech censorship. They have screwed over Steven enough. We're all going to sign up for the Daily Wire. Crowder is right about that. Thus, this contract is not good. That being said, my response is kind of like, Crowder, I don't, I, I, here's why I agree with him. I, I, you know, Kenneth Owen said he got a, he got a, a, a standard uh, term sheet. Here's, here's our thoughts. He should bring it to his lawyer, mark it up, send it back. Yeah, maybe. Crowder's apparent response, apparently his response that Jeremy Boring mentioned was that he said, I'm not redlining this. This is a terrible offer. Get me something real. I'm with Crowder on that one. I do. Like the Daily Wire needed to do their due diligence. They needed to know, they do know, Crowder's already demonetized. They should know that Mug Club is the driving force behind what Crowder's trying to do. They know DW Plus is the driving force behind what they're trying to do. Everybody knows this. This is what y'all need to understand about why the deal with Daily Wire was bad and why I'm not a fan of this contract. They're going to Crowder and saying, we're going to dock you pay if you get banned from big tech, despite knowing the entire movement this space is making, be it the Daily Wire, be it Mug Club, be it Timcast, is memberships. That's why Crowder was mad. I'm driving memberships. You're taking away my 60% of my pay if I'm banned from big tech platforms. He's right. I don't like those deals, but I want the Daily Wire to succeed because they, they, they're, they're a net positive force. You can't dock Crowder's pay if the driving force of the business today that he's doing, that you're doing, that we are doing is memberships. You get it? That's what Crowder is saying. So everyone's like, oh, Crowder's doing this for money. It's like, look, here's what Crowder's mad about. He, he, he has Mug Club with the Blaze. They're getting all those members. He doesn't leave with those members. That's what he's saying. And that's why I'm like, Crowder's right for the contract. I like the Daily Wire. I, don't, I wouldn't do business, uh, transactional, contractual business in this way. But what Crowder is saying is simple. If, a, if, if, a, if someone like Brett Cooper joins the Daily Wire and she generates 50,000 monthly paying members, Daily Wire keeps that forever. She gets to be famous. That's the Daily Wire's point. Yes, we signed a talent. We paid for the show because we want monthly paying members. Fair point, fair point. But hold on there a minute. Why then in the contract dock their pay if they get censored by YouTube? Crowder is right about that. What I don't like is that Crowder seemingly set up the Daily Wire I shouldn't say it like that, but he planned this all out. He knew he was going to come after him. It's not my view. My view is if the Daily Wire wins, we win. Then once Disney and Netflix are gone, I mean, come on, look, like Disney is thanking Chinese Uyghur concentration camp security forces. 
Netflix is running pedo garbage and the Daily Wire is making content that's good. If you view the corporate structure of Hollywood and the Daily Wire in a similar space, and they're not identical, that's not fair to the Daily Wire, but there are similarities. Well, that's a bad thing. But then I'm looking at the Daily Wire producing things that help us. And I'm like, keep doing your thing, guys. I'll be over here. If people want to go and take that deal, that's, that's, that's their choice. It's free market capitalism. Me, I won't do it. I will build my own thing in a different space. Crowder is like, no way. I don't think they should be able to amass such massive power and run machines this way. Reformer, revolutionary. Crowder's view is more of the Patreon locals view. If somebody does a deal, and actually my view too, because remember what I said? I said, I talked to Crowder and I said, here's my offer, Crowder. Do you need help setting up your own website so that you can run your own subscription service? Because you got you to you make your own money. And a lot of people have said that. Crowder wants to do that. Crowder wants to build something where if you do a deal with him, he, he builds you up, he makes you big, and you keep those members, you keep those subscribers. Understand this. The Daily Wire may make you famous, but the, but the, the business model of the future is not sponsorships. After you leave, you will be able to build your own membership platform. Fact. But you, you have to save up money. So it's like, that's, that's, that's the deal. The Daily Wire says, we're going to make you famous. We're going to do everything in our power to do so because we want to make money off of that fame. After two years, after three years, after four years, you can leave and then run your business, uh, your own business, or you can come back. That's not, that's not an evil deal. It's just hard business. Crowder wants to make something different, something that I agree with. This is what's so difficult for me. I don't want Crowder and the Daily Wire fighting. I don't, you know, Candace is, a, is, is, a, is offended because he's basically saying that all the, their talent are signed to these, these slave contracts. I can understand why she'd be mad about that. I think for someone like Candace, clearly the deal works for her. The Daily Wire does so much of the heavy lifting. They help make her bigger and more famous and she gets paid. That works for a lot of people. I think what I got to say to Crowder is we've talked about this on Timcast IRL that we, we want to make a decentralized Patreon that uh, Ian's working on this right now. You, 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 you buy server space, you buy a domain, you download a free open source package, a software that you double click, boom, it expands in your server. Now you got your own Patreon style website. You own it. We, I'm assuming Ian's making the software for free. I don't know. The, the idea was to make it a free software. Anyone could just use that's open source that we will continually evolve, function as a nonprofit, take donations, not to make money, but to change the world for the better. This software networks with anyone else using the software. So if Crowder used it and you became a member at loudwithcrowder.com using the software, there would be a recommended tab showing you similar content creators. There'd be some kind of algorithm. And then you can find other creators and that network would create something rivaling YouTube or, you know, maybe not, but because they have more money, but it would prevent permabans. Now, Crowder on his website, he could say, I don't, I don't want this guy appearing in recommended and he can blacklist or whitelist what he wants to appear in his recommended tab, or he can default and let the machine run it. That's, it sounds like that's what he's ultimately wanting to build. We're trying to do it in a decentralized way. I don't want to own it. I don't want anyone, I, I, I don't, I don't want to create a, a network where my members mix with other members. I don't want to create a network where you sign up and you can get Crowder and Timcast in the same package. Why? Because 
I'm a fiercely independent individual, and I don't know how you will differentiate between who gets members and who doesn't. Crowder's view is, you know, you can do it by views, you can do it by percentage. I should say that's the view I, I, I generally assume he's taking based on what, I don't know if he's talked about it, but a lot of people are saying that. I'll put it that way. Uh, fans of his are saying, here's how you do it. Maybe, maybe not. I'd rather just have Timcast members. The Daily Wire says we have Daily Wire members. A lot of people have said we signed up for Jordan Peterson. A lot of people have said we signed up for Gina Carano, not for Ben Shapiro. I've heard people say, I don't like Ben Shapiro, but Candace Owens is fantastic. Well, that's why the Daily Wire has so many members. Because if you want to sign up for Ben Shapiro, Daily Wire. Candace Owens, Daily Wire. Matt Walsh, you know, Daily Wire. A decentralized thing can work because you're still signing up for the individuals. Anyway, look, this is, this is, this is erupting in, uh, you know, all over the internet. Here's a tweet from Lauren Chen. She said, who is right, inspired by the poll on tonight's Timcast episode, want to see if Twitter results are similar. You can clearly see that I clicked Daily Wire. I had to. I had to pick one of them. And I was like, Ugh. you know, the reason why I said that I clicked the Daily Wire, I, I had to think long and hard about this. I was like, man, Crowder, I, I've just gone over exactly why I agree with Crowder ideologically. The reason why I clicked the Daily Wire is because I really don't like that Crowder secretly recorded Jeremy Boring. And ultimately that was like, okay, look, I, I really just wanted to see the results. All right. I didn't want to have to choose between the two because I, we need the, we did Crowder and the Daily Wire to succeed, but Crowder genuinely does not like the, here, here's, I'll, I'll put it this way too. The Daily Wire said, Jeremy Boring, we want, we want Crowder to succeed. Please go to Mug Club Forever and sign up and support Steven Crowder. Steven Crowder secretly recorded Jeremy Boring and said, no, they're bad. The Daily Wire has taken a diplomatic approach that ultimately resulted in a net positive. Crowder is trying to stop what he views as bad contracting. And I agree with his logic on this one, but I think ultimately will just cause damage in the short term, maybe positive positivity in the long term. But I think the approach I'm taking with diplomacy and strategy is a, is a, is a short term net positive and a long term net positive. So ultimately, I had to just put it that way. But uh, Stephen, look, buddy, I'm a big fan. I think you're right ideologically on all of this stuff. And I want your vision to succeed in the long run. I just don't agree with the phone call stuff. But, you know, Stephen will be here to express his views and talk all about it and state his case. Um, we, I, I want to make sure we're being fair to him. That being said, uh, I posted a poll, 24,000 votes, said Crowder, DW, abstain. And I was surprised to see this, to be completely honest. Last night when I did a poll on uh, Timcast IRL, it was 74% for Crowder. The poll right now is 27% Crowder, 33% Daily Wire. The Daily Wire actually is slightly above Crowder in this regard. 39% abstain. Abstentions, I am with you on this one. I don't want these guys fighting. But uh, hey, look, Timcast is trending. Jeez, it's the biggest I've ever been trending. 32,000. Yikes, what's going on? I got to bring up points that, 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 that matter. Matt Walsh says, in the past 12 months, Daily Wire helped defeat the Vax mandate, released one of the most culturally influential documentaries in years, took down Vanderbilt's child gender clinic, held the largest anti-gender ideology rally in the country, resulting in a ban on child mutilation. He goes on. But these are, these are, this, this is why I'm like, Daily Wire needs to succeed, man. I don't like how they're doing these contracts. Let me clarify and state it one more time. If the business they're building is memberships, why dock pay if you lose ad revenue from YouTube? Now it's fair. If you're not on YouTube, 
you lose that vehicle to drive more subscriptions. But I'm like, do the marketing. Daily Wire, that's your business. That's what you're that's that's why you're taking the risk. But man, the Daily Wire has done good work. Nuance bro. So say Crowder, will you release previous employees from their NDA so they can give their thoughts about whether they think your contracts were fair and whether they think you were all about the movement? The Jared Monroe, how you been? I don't know the beef between not gay Jared and uh, Crowder. Apparently he's under contract and he can't speak. It's an important point. Is Crowder running contracts that also are bad business or is this mischaracterized? Does Crowder have standard business contracts? Or does Crowder have lockdown contracts that are as bad as the Daily Wire? I honestly don't know. I assume Crowder's defense would be there's a big difference between telling someone we will dock you 60% if you're banned, despite the fact our business is based on memberships, and telling someone don't talk about internal workings at the company. I'm looking forward to having Crowder on Monday talk about all this, because uh, I agree with Crowder on, um, on the ideological front. I, I think this is tough, right? It's like people are now saying D- Daily Wire is right because Candace Owens was able to come and make her case. Crowder needs to come and make his case. I want everybody to stop fighting. David Tienken talks about how he ran a, an account for Crowder's dog, amassed lots of followers. They ultimately said, hand it over. We're going to delete it. All of his work was lost. He sides with, uh, with the Daily Wire on this one. I, uh, I got to keep this one. <laughs> 40 minutes. I got to wrap this one up. But um, I hope this was enlightening. I hope you now understand why I said I think Crowder is right. I hope you now understand why I still said in, in, in the poll, I clicked the Daily Wire is right. It's not a one for one thing. It's not a black and white thing. It's not like Crowder came out and said, this contract makes no sense. And everyone went, you know, what? Crowder's right. The Daily Wire is doing extremely important and good things. I don't agree with how they handle contracts. So I said, no, thank you. Have a nice day. But please win. Please win. Diversity of tactics, as it were. It's tough. It is. I don't know, man. I, I understand what Crowder's saying. I really do. I really, really do. I, I, I would advise, I would, I would tell people not to sign contracts that, that have these terms in them. I think the Daily Wire should probably change these contracts. The Daily Wire says you can, you can amend them and make them more favorable to you. But not if you're a small creator, like Crowder points out. It's going to require thousands of dollars in legal fees to get that redlined. That's why I'm like, I like the Daily Wire guys. They've been nothing but good to me. I didn't do a deal with them. They said, that's fine. I said, hey, you're a businessman. You don't owe me any favors. Jeremy said this. We don't owe uh, Crowder a job. He doesn't owe us a show. Yep. Crowder doesn't like the bigger impact on the movement in general. I understand. My attitude is, if somebody wants to do a deal with the Daily Wire, that's on them. I didn't think it was a good deal. Others did. Reformer versus revolutionary. Anyway, man, I'm sure the story will develop substantially moving forward. Thanks for uh, hearing me out for 40 plus minutes. Crowder will be on the show Monday to state his case and go over all these details. And I will stress, he makes a good point. He's not, but I, you know, recording Jeremy, man, that is, that is tough. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. The city of Atlanta is currently on high alert after far left extremists and Antifa associated individuals have called for the assassination of police officers. This is following a deadly shootout in an autonomous zone, and we've got more developing information on that from the post-millennial. Seven charged with domestic terror following deadly shooting at Atlanta Autonomous Zone. 
My question for all of you as we, we get started on this is, is it getting worse? Are things escalating? I often like to do that little uh, thought experiment. Travel back in time and tell yourself this story happened. And would you believe it? If you went back, I don't know, 2016 and said within seven years, you will see far left violence, far left terrorists seizing territory they call autonomous zones. They will get into shootouts with police being shot and killed on more than one occasion, then call for the assassination publicly of these cops resulting in a high alert. Would you believe it? It's not the craziest thing. I mean, it is kind of crazy. It's not like, I mean, if you went back 60 years and said January 6th and people storming the Capitol, you know, people might be like, I don't believe that. That sounds nuts to me. But I wonder about this one. The other question is, why is this happening? Have humans, has America always been on edge, on the brink of chaos, held together with, with duct tape and string? Or is it really getting substantially worse? What I mean is, is it because social media allows these ideas to be visible? We now recognize them having exi- as, as existing. And we don't realize that even back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, people of this thought process existed. They just didn't have anywhere to say these things. Considering the violent attacks we've seen, I think ideas like this have always existed. But now, because of social media, we can see them out in the forefront. That being said, whether or not these threats are legitimate, they are having an impact. These police officers who are being told that far leftists are plotting to kill you, they're going to go out. They're going to go out driving in their cars. They're going to be pulling somebody over. They're going to be stopping a suspicious person or someone who fits a description. And in their mind, they're going to be thinking, could this be one of those people who's trying to kill me? The fact that Antifa and the far left put out these calls for death means these cops are going to be on edge. And that means in the interactions they have with people, they will be more scared. They will, they will be more likely to escalate force out of fear that this could be the person that wants to kill them. I want to play for this new, I want to play you this uh, news clip that uh, we have here that Andy No posted. He said, breaking Atlanta police are on high alert after far left and Antifa accounts urged for killings of police as revenge for their comrade gunmen being shot dead at the Atlanta Autonomous Zone. I reported out the threats they posted on Wednesday. This is interesting. The news outlet even mentions that the arrests and domestic terror charges aren't stopping this. Check this out. Atlanta police are on high alert because of threats of violence. Days after, officers killed a protester. This morning, seven protesters are behind bars, all facing domestic terrorism charges. Okay, can I just pause you real quick? You just said they killed, police killed a protester. You just said seven protesters. And then you said charged with domestic terrorism. Call it what it is, terror. It's the latest in a series of demonstrations at the site of a proposed police training facility. Channel 2's Brian Mims is live for us at the DeKalb County Jail. And Brian, these arrests are not stopping other protesters. Other, other protesters. You see, they're charged with domestic terror. They're violent and calling for death. Other protesters. You see what the media, how the media plays this? Exactly. A small but very loud group of protesters gathered here last night. They came to support those locked up here, saying they do not deserve to be in jail. 
On Thursday night, protesters hoped the seven demonstrators jailed in DeKalb County could hear them. The state of Georgia is trying to arrest and suppress and literally murder peaceful protesters. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation says over the past year, demonstrations against the proposed police training center here have been anything but peaceful. Pe- peaceful protesters. Uh, they set fire to buildings, to houses. There was a shootout. Come on. It says protesters have set fires, thrown Molotov cocktails, and vandalized contractor offices. And the GBI says on Wednesday, officers were trying to get those who set up camp in the woods to leave. It says that's when Manuel Tehran shot a trooper, putting him in the hospital. Officers say they shot back, killing Tehran. We need an independent investigation as community movement builders has asked for, because we don't believe it happened the way that the police said that it happens. These people are liars. The left, they lie. It's what they do. They're really good at it. They're really great at it. Let me show you an example. From the Daily Mail. Fury as teaching activist admits selling Georgia schools and kindergartens illegal critical race theory lesson plans. Footage shows him bragging about being an evil salesman who does not care what parents think because I still get paid. These people are evil. This guy says he's evil. Now, this is a somewhat unrelated story. It's a Project Veritas expose that I think still does matter. But here's my point. They come out and they say, no one is teaching critical race theory in schools. It's, it's a college level course. And you're like, here's a guy admitting, oh, yeah, we're lying. You see, behind the scenes, they know they're lying. When you hear these personalities on the left say there's no s- critical race theory in schools, they know they're lying to you. They are evil. And I'll tell you what I mean by evil. They are trying to trick you into, get, into being, and I'll put it this way. They're trying to enslave you, right? I'll put, I'll, that's, that's how I'll phrase it. They want you to do work for them in any capacity to empower them and enrich them, and they will lie to you to get it. I think that's evil. So my, my point is ultimately this. Those protesters come out and they go, it's peaceful protesters. And then you see video of them throwing Molotov cocktails, shooting at police. Look, I'm the biggest fan of cops. I'm not a revolutionary or reformer, as I often say. So I think we should reform the justice system. I think there's a lot of issues with police departments. I agree with my libertarian friends. I don't know about abolishing the police. I mean, in these big cities where the left calls for it and they live there and they vote for it, I'm like, yeah, give them what they want. By all means, abolish the police. If that's what you want. But here's the point. They lie to you. This is what really frustrates me without calling anybody out. These people on Twitter who are like, I'm a centrist stuck in the middle. And then they're like retweeting leftists who are known to lie all the time. It's like, no, dude, you're not a centrist. You're just a coward. You're a coward who's unwilling to actually do the two seconds of work to figure out who's lying to you and who isn't. Am I wrong sometimes? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I understand I'm wrong a lot. There's a difference between being wrong and lying. There's that viral video I love to bring up where Jack Posobiec gets punched. The cops come around and the far leftist woman goes, nothing happened. I didn't see anything happen. Smiling, knowing she's lying because these people are evil. That's what really pisses me off more than anything is lying. That's what I cannot stand. Lies. I can understand certain omissions. I can understand trying to protect people's privacy. There's a lot of stuff that I know about the media industry that um, if I thought was important for the shape of the world, I'd come out and say no matter what. But there's a lot of stuff that I think people would find interesting, but it's someone's personal private information and, you know, thoughts. I won't come out and just say it. 
I won't lie. But there are certain things I won't say if it could cause harm to an individual based on their private lives and business practices that doesn't have a greater impact. Obviously, you know, I'm making somewhat reference to what's going on with the Crowder and the Daily Wire. You know, I, I've talked to them both. And I, if, if, you know, if, if Stephen Crowder called me up and said, my whole plan is just to make money, ha ha ha. Yeah, I'd come out and tell you guys. That's not what happened. I think, I don't think there's bad guys in this instance. I think there's just ideological disagreement. But anyway, I digress. I don't want to get into all that. This is what the left does. They shot at cops. They shot a cop. Peaceful protesters. And then the psychotic, lazy individual, the default liberals, they go, oh, but they were peaceful protesters. It's like, dude, at a certain point, if you are marching side by side with violent extremists because you believe their lies, there is nothing I can do for you. If you believed the communists, so you went out rounding up, you know, dissenters, you're the bad guy. Sorry, but but my intentions were pure. They tricked me. Don't know. Don't care. You did a bad thing. That's it. Check us out from the Post Millennial. Seven charged with domestic terror. On Wednesday morning, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation and other law enforcement agencies conducted a raid on the so-called autonomous zone at the site of the future of the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. Uh, Andy now goes on to mention they've been, the, you know, anti-fund far-left extremists have been occupying it. The GBI says a Georgia State Patrol trooper was shot and severely injured during Wednesday's raid by a man camped in the area. Officers returned fire and killed the gunman who allegedly used a pistol. I want you to think about that for two seconds. If you go back in time and told yourself, or anybody for that matter, you know, in a few years, there's going to be pockets, uh, multiple autonomous zones being set up by far left extremists. And then there will be shootouts where they kill people on m- numerous occasions. Uh, in one instance, they actually shot a cop, put him in the hospital. Would you believe it? You know, it sounded like we're getting in a crazy territory, man. Crazy territory. Georgia's Department of Public Safety will not name the injured patrol trooper, saying it would compromise security against criminal or terroristic acts due to retaliation but told local media he was in the ICU after having emergency surgery. The deceased gunman was named on Thursday by the GBI as 26-year-old Manuel Esteban Paez, Tehran. He used the alias Tort or Tortaguita. Manuel used they, it pronouns. Please make sure we are remembering them properly and respectfully. Remembering it properly? Wrote the Atlanta Community Press Collective in their statement revealing the shooter's identity. He dehumanized himself, it, he used it pronouns. Following the shooting, the GBI and its law enforcement partners continued to clear the autonomous zone and several arrests were made of suspects, all of whom are from out of state. The GBI say they confiscated a cache of weapons that included mortar style fireworks and edged weapons. A fourth suspect who could not, who would not identify himself in jail was later identified as 20 year old Jeffrey D. Parson of Baltimore. They don't even live there. They are violent, psychopathic extremists. They're not freedom fighters. They're not protesters. They are deranged, violent lunatics. If you told me seven local uh, locals from, at, from the Atlanta area were protesting, I'd say, well, you know, they live there and they're upset with the, with the way their government is handling things. That's not the story. 
The story is a handful of people who don't live there showed up to complain about a place they're not, a, they're not a, about a community they're not a member of. They burned houses down, set fire to vehicles, threw Molotov cocktails at people and smashed windows, but they don't even live there. They're not fighting for anything. They're just insane. They shot a cop. Let me I'll say it again. I got my gripes with police. My gripe is we need reform in the law, in the justice system, not violence. They go to mention that uh, there are several other people charged with domestic terror. The Postmillennial can report that several of the suspects come from well-to-do backgrounds. Shen is an alumna of the Manhattan Liberal Arts Institution Barnard College. McCarr graduated with a master's degree in international affairs from Penn State, and Univers- Penn State University in 2016. This is a fractured mind. For what reason would they go to a random location and start fighting with cops? It served no purpose. It did not change the world for the better. It didn't even change anything in the short term. It's not stopping anything. It's empowering it. I've said it before. When you've got a massive police infrastructure and you attack it with a teeny little bit of force, they double up their defenses. It's the stupidest thing ever. All you're doing is making the police institutions larger and justified. Liberto and Wazalewski appeared to be in a relationship based on their social media photos and posts, both of a long history, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care about that. Filler Distro tweeted a call for retaliation against police with further instructions from extremist account Scenes from the Atlanta Forest. The now suspended account, which posts blogs from writers of the Autonomous Zone, uh, wrote, consider this a call for reciprocal violence to be done to the police and their allies on Friday, January 20th. Wherever you are, you are invited to participate in the night of rage. I'm not going to read the rest of it because they're just calling for violence. A spokesperson for the GBI told the Post Millennial, we are aware of these threats you mention and are monitoring them along with our local, state, and federal partners. A call for retaliation. The shooting and four arrests on Wednesday follow another raid last month on the autonomous zone that resulted in six others being charged with domestic terror. For months, violence in and around the occupation has escalated. Rioters tried to burn law enforcement officers with firebombs during a raid in May last year. And a man who drove into the area in November was nearly burned to death when his vehicle was set on fire. That's right. Random local guy driving in his truck, having nothing to, nothing to do with any of this, had his truck torched and nearly died. Tell me again who the good guys are. Look, I get it. The government machine has its problems, its corruption and all that jazz. But um, the cops may be a corrupted institution, if that's your opinion. Many of these cops may be good guys. Some of these cops may be criminals. But what we're talking about right now is you've got a system I think is in dire need of reform, a system with the police that jails too many people. Yeah, yeah, I get it all. And then you have people firebombing an innocent civilian's car. I can tell you this. We watched a video recently of a guy, the cousin of one of the BLM founders, being tased and arrested. And they said the police should, the chief should resign. And how dare they, these evil people. And then it turns out that this guy was getting arrested and tased, was in a hit and run, and then fled tried to steal a car, and the police still desperately tried to de-escalate and calm the guy down. And they tased him. And they're like, he, they tased him for over 30 seconds. No. Over the span of 30 seconds, he was tased a few times. Then he died in the hospital from uh, a medical emergency. I'm not sure exactly what happened. They will come out and they will say, that's the police killing innocent people. 
No, it's not. It's the police trying to stop a guy who got in a hit and run flat and tried to steal someone's car. In this instance, these violent psychopaths tried to kill a random guy. You can, you can call out the criminal cops when the criminal cops do criminal things. Remember that story in, I think it was South Carolina? Black dude started running away, so the cop just pulled out his gun and shot him in the back. Criminal cop, lock him up. Police reform. You're not going to get any special treatment from me. These far leftists are insane people. They tried to kill an innocent guy. Quote, it seemed to me like they were going to burn the truck with me in it. He told 11 Alive News at the time. He was forced to run for his life as his vehicle was torched. In December, two under construction house homes next to the occupation were burned to the ground. Why? Why? You don't know who owned those properties. You know, it could have been a young couple in their early 20s who worked for three years, saved everything up, got a down payment for a couple hundred grand to build some little bungalows, went to the bank and said, this land is cheap. It's 30 grand. For a couple hundred grand more, we can build these houses. The property will be worth it. The collateral is there. We can then move in and we'll pay back the loan. Or, you know, typically it's a development of some sort, but it's a company saying we got a nice little spot for two little houses, something that that a nice young couple might be able to afford. And they said, no, we don't care. We're going to burn it down because they think you should live the way they do. They think you should be scavengers wreaking havoc on the community, killing innocent people because they did. Because that guy uh, in Michael Reinhold shot and killed Aaron Danielson, plus all the people who died in the BLM riots, they want you to live that way. These people aren't going to be farming. You know how I know? After Occupy Wall Street, farmland was granted to some of these far leftists. How long did they last? Two weeks. Not all of them, but many of them. Two weeks. Why? I asked my friend. Only two weeks. You were, you were going to the farm. You're going to get off the grid. You're going to save the world. And they said, I worked nonstop, 6 a.m. To, to 11 p.m., Work, 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 nothing, nothing else. And I was like, what did you think life was? What did you think survival was? I was like, yeah, you went to a farm. You got to wake up and do work nonstop. But, but I just wanted to read a book. Yeah, that's called laziness. You see, this is what happens when good times make weak men. It used to be that if you wanted to live, you worked, period. But now we have technology, luxury. We got oil, nuclear power, solar energy. All of this energy being captured and produced reduces the energy requirements on us. And thus food is plenty and abundant. Cars travel quickly to get us from place to place. Man, think about it this way. DC to Harper's Ferry, where I live. That's like, what is it? 50 miles. It's an hour in a car. Traveling 50 miles with a wagon, with oxen or whatever. That's a day trip plus carrying all of that. It was hard. You finally made it and maybe even stopped and camped halfway there because you're carrying goods. Crazy. Now on horseback, you get there in a couple hours, but you got to take breaks, rest. So maybe three, four hours. I don't know the actual math. In a car? Hour? It's crazy, isn't it? These people don't know the luxuries they have. And they would burn it all down and destroy it, but also reject the hard work required to survive without it. That's the funniest thing about the far left. There's this viral video where they're like, this guy's like, farming's really got to stop because farming's the biggest contributor to climate change. And it's like, what are you going to eat? Bro, go grow your own garden. 
Start doing the work. You know how many acres of land you need to feed a single human being if you're running a farm? The average farm, I think, feeds 152 people. That's what I was reading, 152. And I thought, man, that's not, that number's really, really low. That's right. One farm. I don't know the average acres of the farm. But if we're talking maybe 50 acres, feeds 150 people, if that. So what, you need between two and three acres, three and four acres to feed a single person? And that's someone doing the farming work year-round. Harvest comes, the food's got to be stored. Preservatives make it easier for us to eat throughout the winter. These people don't get it, man. They really don't. I, I, I certainly wish they, they, they don't get locked in, uh, get trapped in the forest. Candace Owens said the other day, I, I'm a big fan of Candace because we agree on so much. And it's funny because I've heard a lot of people say like, ah, oh, she's a phony or whatever. And then I, I talked to her in person and I'm like, we agree on like all this. She was like, she said something like, if these leftists got, got lost in the forest for two weeks, they'd die. Or she said something like, I hope they never get lost in the forest because they'd be dead in a week. And I'm like, uh-huh. These leftists made, a, made a, a criticism of me where I said something like, if society collapsed, I could probably figure out how to smelt some iron or whatever. They're like, Tim Pool thinks he could be a blacksmith if the world collapsed. I never said that. I said, it would take me a few years to figure out how to do it. My point is this. We are afforded general knowledge of the world. Locating iron ore and iron rich dirt is not that difficult, nor am I an expert on this. There's an area not too far from here where I've gone, where it was explained to me by a geologist. They're like, you see these deposits? That's iron. I, wow. I don't know anything about smelting. A little bit. We have a crucible. We have a kiln. It's general knowledge. We know that you can melt down materials and separate out the metals. Does that mean I could make even a cast iron skillet? No. And that's my point. I don't know how to do any of that. But I have a general knowledge that in a few years, I could probably figure out some rudimentary means of producing metals. Because I went to general school. I mean, that's, that's a luxury afforded to most people, the ability to read and learn. More importantly, I have survival apps, multiple, on my phone. I hope you do too. The point is this. These people have no idea how good they have it. They have no idea how much work goes into keeping them alive. But they would burn it all to the ground. And after they do, they will come begging you, good sir, who does hard work, to feed them. They're in for a rude awakening then. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. It's a different channel from this one. Check it out. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you all then. You may have heard the story. Ivan Provorov refused to wear a pride jersey on pride night for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. He got mocked in the media. Everybody came after him. And he just kept saying, look, you know, I stick to my faith. I don't, I, people are allowed to do their thing. I respect their beliefs. They keep asking. There's one viral clip that's really great where he says, that's all I'm going to say on it. If anybody has any questions about hockey and they ask him some questions and then some dude or some, some reporters like, but can you tell me about your blah, blah, blah feeling with it in the backlash? And he goes, did you not hear what I just said? Look, man, some of you may say it's a cultural victory. What we're seeing now, Ivan Provorov jerseys sell out online after he, re after he refuses to wear pride jersey. I mean, good for him. I'm glad to see it. But the fact that the whole team did this. Remember Colin Kaepernick took a knee and everybody was like, come on, man. Oh, what are you doing? Don't take a knee. Now they're all doing it. And it's shocking when someone doesn't. Understand the loss of the cultural battlefield in that regard. So as much as I want to celebrate this, because I don't want to be a negative Nancy and blackpill everybody and just be like, oh, the end is nigh. 
The fact is, it is not a great story that one guy just said no. The whole team said yes. That's the cultural shift. But we'll talk about where we're at with this. But I want to I want to I want to show you some. I want to show you what we are doing. I don't have all the answers, my friends. I'm not perfect. I want you to see Tim Timcast Skate Company. Look at that 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 logo. I refuse to sit by as these cultural shifts happen all around us and we lose this territory. I refuse. So many of you who don't understand skateboarding, I'll break it down for you. Independent truck company. That used to be their logo. They abandoned it. I, 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 they, they don't use it anymore. It's been an iconic logo in skateboarding since 1978. When I was growing up skateboarding, that logo appeared everywhere. One day, a bunch of woke lunatics said it looks like an iron cross. And they said, no, it's like a circle with a, a cross in it. It's, it's a common symbol. It's not an iron cross. Iron cross is square. And they said, so what? Square, circle, you got an iron cross. They put out a statement on their website saying our logo is not racist. They dropped the logo, removed it from their products after almost 50 years. Okay, let's play games. So you know what I did? Independent, hear me. You have abandoned this logo, this trademark you no longer use. You have disavowed it, desperately trying to claim you're not racist. Fine. I will take it. I saw this story about the jersey and I'm like, guys, props to this dude. I'm stoked for him. People are buying up his jersey and it proves a point. They don't want the weird political woke garbage in our sports, but it's coming. You think it stops here? I'll tell you where it ends up. You're going to get a policy change in basketball. Feminists and far leftists are going to say, how come it's only dudes who are playing? And they're going to say, well, it's just tryouts. People choose, they, they try out, and then the teams decide who they think should be on their team. No, that's not fair. That's discriminating against women and trans people and whatever. <clears throat> Here's what happens. They'll say, really, the rules are arbitrary. Why don't we create a rule that says the team has to be half men, half women? And that's when the change will start happening. And then you'll have women and men playing together because the rules are arbitrary, right? I do not see this story of one guy, one guy defying this as an outright victory. So here's my point. The woke people got the Redskins to drop their name. The woke people got Aunt Jemima to drop that image and name. The woke people got Lando Lakes Butter to get rid of the Native American on the, on the front. Which is really funny because there's like the idea that the Native American woman on the front of that butter represented purity, natural, and goodness. And they're like, no, get rid of it. The idea that Aunt Jemima represented a good home-cooked breakfast from someone who loved you. No, get rid of it. Uncle Ben, an endearing uh, a relative, an older person who wanted to cook you a fine meal. And they said, no, it's all racist to get rid of it. Fine, I will take all of these if you don't want to use them. So I'll tell you my pushback. It's a bummer for me to see this. Like, I don't care about LGBT pride, flags, whatever you want to wear, but these guys don't. They're just doing it. And that is making a massive cultural shift for the cult. One guy stood up and said, no, respect. I'm selling these skateboards from Tim Cascade Company. Some people have said, Tim, I don't like the name. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's a fair point. Maybe we should call it Redskins Skate Company. And then people are like, you know, oh, that's a racist term or whatever. And I'm like, dude. The point is this. 
Actually, you know what? On, on, the, on the Redskins thing, I actually agree with not using that, to be completely honest. I know that uh, there's a long history with the team now called the Commanders, but it was, um, you know, it was like the Native American community didn't have a problem with it when they did it. And actually their mascot was a guy who, who like, liked being the mascot. But I have no problem with recognizing that, like, say, blackface, for instance. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. Like, that, that was, that's not cool. Yeah, whatever, man. We don't like that. I don't, I don't care if someone like Jimmy Kimmel does it as a joke to mock the idea of it or something. But the idea of like blackface in general was they excluded black people from their shows and then had a white guy put on black paint or shoe polish so that he could, you know, stereotypically pretend to be a black person. We don't need none of that. So I got no problem with that necessarily. If, if, if they're like, look, Redskins is a slur to a lot of people. Let's change it. I go, eh, you know, fair point, fair point. So I wouldn't want to use that name. But Aunt Jemima? Yo, Aunt Jemima's a nice little old lady. She cooks me breakfast, makes me feel good inside, makes me, makes me wake up and feel loved and cared for, that I got a smiling Aunt Jemima. I'm supposed to be upset about that? I'm supposed to hate that and reject that and call it a problem? It's racist? What's racist about a, an older woman cooking me breakfast because she cares about me? That's the idea that was presented by Aunt Jemima cooking your breakfast. But it was racist. Same thing with Uncle Ben. You don't see Mr. Clean getting kicked off or the Quaker guy. Oh, some ripped, bald, white dude wants to come clean my floors and that's totally fine. But heaven forbid, Uncle Ben, a master chef, wants to prepare for me a fine dinner. Okay, I'll tell you what. We'll make Aunt Jemima's skateboard company and we'll put her face on it. They don't use the name. They don't use the face. They've abandoned it. Independence abandoned that logo. Let's take back. Let's take it back. Several years ago, everybody refused to kneel. Or I should say it was a controversy that one guy did. And now they all bend the knee. Let's take it back. So right now, I'm a skateboarder. That's what I do. I skate. So when they said they didn't want to use that logo, I got a bunch of skateboards made right there. I'm going to go get them out. I'm going to go get people to skate on them. And, uh, I'm going to keep using that logo. Independent does not use it. They have no legal argument to this trademark. They have abandoned it. But if they want to come to me and say that uh, it is theirs, fine. Independent truck company, please. And if you know, if you know anybody there, let them know that I'm doing it because I'm not trying to hide what's going on. They've abandoned this. I want them to argue in court. This logo is theirs. I want them to get off their knees and say, that's our logo fine. But until they do, it's abandoned, an abandoned trademark they're not using. And I will not let skateboard iconography die because psychotic far leftists screamed racism. It is a simple T or whatever you want to call it. People like it's a T for Timcast. I'm like, I don't care what you call it. It's not an iron cross. It has no reference whatsoever to Nazis or anything like that. And your stupid crackpot cult won't make me back down. But independent. Let's, 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 what are you made of? You want to bend your knees, get on the ground and cry and beg the cult? Fine. I will take it. And that means every time a kid goes to a skate park and up on the top of that 12 foot wall ride is a sticker from 20 years ago. And it's got that, that logo. And that's all it is. People used to say independent, but this means I get to take market. I get, I get a marketing campaign that goes back in time. Tim Cass Skate Company. 
Maybe we'll call it Aunt Jemima's Skate Company. Maybe we'll get a different name. Like I said, like I don't, I, I don't, I got no problem with them being like, oh, we don't do Redskins anymore because it's considered a slur to a lot of people. Fair point. But just the fact that Aunt Jemima was black, you got rid of her. Just the fact that people complained your rounded cross looking thing looked bad. You got rid of it. I'm not playing it. Ivan Provorov jerseys are selling out. You know what that means to me? It means there's a market opportunity to push back on wokeness. So I'll play that game. We're going we're gonna to get these into production. Right now we have 10. We're going to get them up into production. I'm going to start selling them. Large quantities. You got a problem with that independent? Assert your right to the trademark publicly right now. Otherwise, I have, I have stated this for the past several weeks. I will, you know what I'll do? I will draft a letter and send it to them and say, just so you guys know, you've abandoned the logo. I'm using it. I want to make sure this company has full notice. And then they have one of two choices. Publicly assert their, their, that, it, that it is theirs or acknowledge they did abandon it. And then I'll resurrect it. And I will be honored to have such an image from the skateboarding world. It's not enough just to celebrate a guy who refused to wear a jersey because it's only getting worse. I'm going to do more. And we're not stopping here. You want to abandon your trademarks, your logos? Abandon? Okay. I'll take it. You've invested hundreds of millions of dollars over decades in this image, only to walk away from it because some crackpots on Twitter yelled at you. If you want to hand me hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equity, I will take it. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see y'all there. Oh, this story is tough, man. This is a tough story. 23-year-old woman who is trapped in the body of an eight-year-old girl introduces her parents to a new love interest after revealing their fears she would attract pedophiles because of her childlike appearance. Yo, when they say this 23-year-old woman is trapped in the body of an eight-year-old girl, they are not lying. This 23-year-old woman literally is just like an eight-year-old girl. And uh, it's just, it's just, it sucks. It really does. There's a guy who's apparently dating her. And here's, here's the crazy element of this story that I really want to get your thoughts on in the comments because this is tough. Yo, I'm sorry. Dating this woman who looks like a little girl, I think this guy's probably a pedo. There's no way around it. I'm not trying to be mean to him or insult him or anything. This woman's 23. She deserves life, love, liberty, happiness, and all that stuff. But yeah, she's in the body of an eight-year-old girl. So like, how do you navigate this, right? How do you navigate that this woman, her name's Shauna Ray Lessig. She got a TV show, I guess, on TLC. She's got, a, 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 I guess, a genetic issue that kept her body the size of an eight-year-old, like a third grader. But she's 23. Legal adult, works at a bar, is entitled to, to, to anything life has to offer, certainly wants love in a relationship, but they even fear that any dude who wants to be with her is going to be a pedo. How do you navigate that? Because I got to be honest, I'm not trying to be mean to this woman. I think, you know, she deserves a full life. But yo, I only see a child when I look at her and there ain't no way I, or I, I assume most people I know would, would want to be in a relationship with her. And that's the hard thing. It's, it's, it's not her fault. 
You know what I mean? It's I forgot, I forgot the ailment is called. I guess they'll, they'll, they'll explain it. But but let me know what you think about this. Like how how does someone like this navigate this? How does this guy who's dating her? He like saw her on on the show. He reached out to her. Now they're I guess dating. But even the family was scared that whoever did this was going to be a pedo. Anyway, let, let me read the story and explain it for you because this is a, this is a this is a tough one. A 23 year old woman who was looking for love while stuck in the body of an eight year old girl introduced her parents to a potential new partner after he slid into her direct messages. At three feet, 10 inches tall, Shauna Ray Lessick is the average height of a third grader and weighs just 50 pounds. Her stunted growth is a side effect of brain cancer treatment as an infant, and she is frequently mistaken for a child. She has previously been candid about the unique dating struggles she faced as a result of her condition, once revealing her parents' fears that she would attract pedophiles because of her childlike appearance. But in a recent episode of her TLC reality series, I Am Shauna Ray, the reality star took a big leap forward in love opening up about how she connected with 26-year-old Dan Swigert, a traveler from Wales who reached out to her and sent her flowers after watching the first season of the show. Question. What are your thoughts on Dan Swigert? It's brutal, man. I'm sorry. You just got to say it. You got to be, I got to be real. I feel bad in that these are two adults of comparable age. I'm 23 and 26. He, he digs her. Maybe it's her personality. But is anyone going to take his word for it? Yo, watch. When you, when you watch a clip from this show, like this, this, this woman, Shauna Ray, it's not her fault she had brain cancer and had to get treatment and then it stunted her growth and kept her trapped this way. But she even sounds like a little kid. Friendship. I'm not really irritated by my family when they bring up those future questions. I haven't talked about it with Dan. I'm kind of letting it go as it may. But it's nice to kind of try to see if he can answer it. Why do we have to label anything? So it's a question mark or It is a... whatever happens, happens. Okay. You know, imagining your average woman having that conversation. Are you dating? It is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. And you're like, it's totally normal. I don't, I don't fault this woman for having brain cancer. But I, I was reading this story and I was just like, I don't know if this is something you can actually navigate. Like the, the general idea is I don't see any circumstance where anyone would believe this guy is not a pedophile. Like he, he's attracted to a 23 year old woman, but looks and sounds like like a third grader, like an eight year old. I suppose there's also the question that arises about little people in general. I think that's the appropriate term. I'm try, I, I try not to be I try, I try to be respectful. I try to be disrespectful to people. Um, but people who have, you know, dwarfism or other other um, uh, height related. I don't know. I'm trying to be nice, but people who are short and they call them little people. Most of the time when you see someone who is a little person, they're discernibly adults. You know, like they'll have a beard. They'll be discernibly adult. They'll have certain features about them where you're like, I can tell this person is an adult. They're just smaller, shorter, shorter arms or whatever. But in this instance, this is a unique circumstance. So they're going to mention this. Uh, Dan, apparently they say Dan came to visit Shauna. He came over to her house to make sushi rolls. She introduced him to her mother and stepfather. Shauna has been candid about how her parents are worried she'll attract pedos. She was six months old when she was diagnosed with an aggressive brain tumor. She had surgery and underwent three years of chemotherapy. While the treatment was successful, it rendered her pituitary gland almost dormant, stunting her growth. I wonder if they couldn't have given her hormones to allow her to grow. She grew another eight inches with the help. Okay, never mind. It's right there. She grew, the, she grew another eight inches with the help of synthetic hormone injections. 
But when she was 16, her doctor told her that her bones had fused and she wasn't going to grow anymore. She was just a few inches shy of four feet. Patty wanted to know if they were more than friends and how they how often they talk, which Dan said was almost daily at that point. I'm not really irritated by my family when they bring up those future questions. I haven't talked about it with Dan. I'm kind of letting it go as it may, but it's kind of, but it's nice kind of to try and see if he can answer it. Can he answer it? As brave as this dude, I gotta be honest, going on TV, how he's gonna have to, you know, explain that, I suppose. Shauna admitted that she's not sure what's in store for her and Dan in the future because she's apprehensive about starting a long distance relationship. I haven't actually thought about if Dan and I were in a relationship and how that would look. I assume that we would probably try long distance, but I've, but I've been in a long distance relationship. It's not my cup of tea. You guys ever see that movie, Interview with the Vampire? Awesome movie. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, when she was a little kid, played the role of a little kid who gets turned into a vampire. She becomes an immortal, but she can never age. She is permanently trapped as a child. And that's actually a component of the film where she's like, why can't I grow up? It's, it's torture to be trapped like a, as a kid. And she wants to experience love and life and be an adult, but she can't. Man, I could not imagine. That's absolutely brutal. So, I mean, another question for you, like, what do you think about how she must feel knowing that that fear that anybody she might date might just be a creepo? Man, not an easy story, right? And the other thing, too, is she works at a bar, apparently. It looks like a brewery of some sort. She bartended a charity event. I got, I got to say, like, I feel bad for this woman. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it must be like. She goes out. She tries to go to a bar. They tell her, you can't come in. You're a kid. She shows an ID. They say, are you kidding me? Will they even take her at her word? I couldn't imagine trying to navigate society in such a position. And that's, I'll, I'll be honest. That's why, like, I've never been a fan of discrimination in any capacity. People view you as one way and then deny your services. That's got to suck. She goes to a bar with her friends and they're like, you can't bring your kid in here. She goes, imagine going to a casino. Oh, man, talk about brutal. They probably got to call the casino in advance. I talk about this because I go to the casino, you know, fairly often. Call them in advance and say, look, we got an individual who's got, who, who had cancer and was stunted. They appear to be a small child. They are not. And what if the casino just goes like, we don't care. We don't want to take the risk of you bringing a child in here. Oh, you got it. You got your eight-year-old an ID? There's always the other angle when it comes to the business stuff about uh, discrimination based on medical disability. And then you get a tough position. Look, you know, this guy's dancing with her. I remember seeing this story a while ago because they have a TV show and a lot of people have talked about it. But ain't nobody seeing anything other than a man dancing with a child. When this guy goes out, he's, he's paddleboarding with her. It just looks like a dude with his kid. For real. And again, I know I'll say it. I feel bad for this 23 year old woman. It's not her fault. This happened to her and she deserves life, liberty, pursuit of happiness and all of that stuff. But I don't know how you how you how you navigate this one, man. I don't know how you navigate this one. Certainly something that I thought we'd have to talk about, you know, considering everything, everything we've seen with like the groomer stuff. And uh, there's another really shocking story that we'll talk about probably in the members. Uh, oh, no, there's no members only section tonight. And that's Friday. But there's a story about like these two you know, gay dudes who are seriously abusing their kids. And these are these are horrible stories. Considering it's such a, a big conversation right now, I'm like. Let's throw this in the mix. Shauna Ray has done nothing wrong. She wants love. She deserves it. But how do you have it? It's a scary thought, you know? It's, it's probably impossible. Because this guy's got to be attracted to what looks like children, right? She noted she would either have to settle down somewhere or start traveling with him. 
He'd already asked her to go to Malaysia with him to be his plus one at a wedding. Dan taking Shauna out of the country, I think would be really cool. I think she'd have a good time. I'm not so sure about that. Her mother chimed in. Shauna called them both bold-faced liars, insisting they would never let her leave the country with him. The visit ended with Dan visiting her while she bartended a charity event. They shared an awkward slow dance before he left. I'm sure that I'll see Dan again. She told the cameras he's coming back. Yo. Sad reality. If she leaves the country with him, ain't nobody going to respect that she's actually a 23-year-old woman. It's not going to happen. So look, man, I wish I wish you all the best. But again, I, I'm really interested in what, you, in what you guys think about this because there's an issue of individual rights. There's an issue of medical disability. There's an issue of, is this guy a creep? But anyway, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around. I'll see you all shortly. Ah, the layoffs cometh once again for the corporate press as legacy media continues to die. But my friends, I have good news. It's not just legacy media. It's also uh, basically everything else. Charlie Kirk tweets, Google will slash 12,000 jobs, 6% of its global workforce. Microsoft laid off 10,000 people two days ago. Facebook slashed 11,000 in December. Amazon has, has laid off 18,000. 51,000 jobs just from four companies. And Biden says the economy is going to be fine. Well, fair point. Fair point, Charlie Kirk. Uh, layoffs are bad in general for the economy. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm celebrating this one. Vox Media slashes 7% of staff in new round of layoffs. Jeff Bezos shows up as staff brace for more layoffs. Let them all go. Sprinkle them into the wind. What was that thing that JFK said by the CIA to uh, grind on the dust and sprinkle them into the wind or something like that? They're going to lay them off. And I say good, good riddance. Let them go. Here we go. Jeff Bezos sets off fresh wave of panic at the Washington Post. Oh, my. Do you think they'll fire Taylor Lorenz? I kind of think they will. They already demoted her. Bezos made a surprise appearance at the Washington Post editorial meeting on Thursday morning for the first time in over a year. His attendance in person sparked fears among staff about the severity of upcoming layoffs by the newspaper, which he bought in 2013 with ambitions to drive into the digital era. In recent years, the Washington Post has suffered dwindling ad revenue, a decline in site traffic and a shortage of new subscribers. Last month, its publisher, Fred Ryan, announced the layoffs were coming in the new year. Despite his suggestion that cuts would likely only affect a single digit percentage of its 2,500 person workforce, the news triggered a frenzy among staff and the paper's union membership grew. Its union guild said it now has 670 members, roughly 67% of those eligible, and that around 60 of those joined since the announcement in December. Ah, 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 how funny is that? Oh, by the way, there's going to be layoffs. Quick, join the union. Okay. Staff have provided, it's, it's just funny to me because there are these people who are like, I'm not going to do the heavy lifting to start it. But then when threatened, say, I will now beg you for protections. I'm not a big fan of these unions. I wouldn't join one if I worked there. But it's just my whole life I've experienced this. When I was younger, skating in Chicago, winter comes and we can't skate. And then people take time off, lose their abilities, get out of shape. And it's just it's just winter. It's hard to skate in winter. In California, skate year round. So I said, guys, I got an idea. Why don't we rent a small little warehouse space for like a thousand bucks a month? We can skate in it. If we get 20 people, we put 50 bucks a month towards this. We all get keys. We skate. And every single person I knew said, if you build it, I will think about it. If I build it, are you kidding me? 
You want me to do all the heavy lifting, all the hard work? Get out of here. Then they want to show up after it's done. Man, so many people like that. So many people like that. But, uh, you know, you deserve to get laid off because your company's garbage. You're garbage people. Okay, that was a mean one, but they're bad people. You're bad people. You lie for a living. You provide shelter for people like Taylor Lorenz, who lies and manipulates. And I got to admit, as a very sad and depressing person, all by yourself on New Year's, you're supposed to kiss someone on New Year's. I don't blame her for being upset. I know there's probably a lot of you out there who are alone on New Year's. And let's be real. Some of you probably wanted to be alone. Fine. I don't think she did. She was like, low-key the greatest that, you know, I'm alone on New Year's because I'm exhausted. And then during New Year's, she was like, it's just so bad that people are posting these photos of parties when, when, when hospitals are full. It's like, dude, I get it, man. You wish you had friends and you don't. Yeah, we can be, you could be friends with the career at the castle. You just got to stop being a bad person and writing lies on the internet. And then everyone will forgive you. And then you start writing good, correct information. And then everyone will want to be friends with you. You know, I feel bad. But anyway, I feel bad in that capacity. I'm glad to see the laughs are happening. Vox Media, oh boy, slashing 7%. They say, this comes after the media firm which owns Vox cut 39 employees back in July and reduced new hiring in attempt to head off economic uncertainty. I got to be honest, my friends. Yeah, we're getting hit by it too. Uh, revenue for this month has been very, very bad. Thankfully, we have members and the members give us a baseline where I can adequately plan. We are not so bad that um, we're shrinking. We're still growing. A lot of construction underway. But uh, we, got, we got hit. January was apocalyptic. December was really bad. Normally, December is the best month of the year. Every company has big ad budgets. When December comes around, they're like, guys, we still have five million bucks left we never spent. And they go, spend it for tax reasons and for departmental reasons. Often these companies will give a department like $10 million. You know, let's just say it's, it's a varying number, but let's say you get $10 million. If you don't spend it, next year rolls around and they'll say there was an extra two million sitting around. So let's take that from the budget. You don't need it. So they say, no, 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 no. Just spend it, spend it, spend it. Otherwise they take it away from us. We do need it. We want to use it. Tax is another issue. If that money sits around after the year end, depending on how your business is structured, it's profit. And so you're like, no, look, we allotted this for marketing. It has to go to marketing. We're trying to reinvest. So what happens in December, all of the big companies dump ad revenue and just say, we have to spend it. And for people like me and companies like Timcast, ad revenue goes through the roof. This December, it did not. This December, it tanked. And that as a warning sign, sign of things to come. That's probably why they're doing these layoffs. When the ad revenue took a hit in December, I said, this is the best month. January is going to be bad. February is going to be bad because they're already bad months to begin with. January is the worst month. Nobody has their budgets yet. January starts, ad revenues in the gutter. There's only a little bit trickling in. That's why membership at TimCast.com was so important to us. Our ad revenue is, is down substantially. And it's another reason why I started producing more of these segments. I'm like, I got to do more work. I don't just deserve to have the money. I got to do the work to get the money because the money's not always going to be there. I said, okay, we got to increase. Uh, uh, ad rates are low. CPMs are down. Increase product volume. Generate more revenue. Pay the bills. 
So we got hit by it. Hopefully we see the recovery in the next few months. Some are predicting a major global recession and some kind of cyber 9-11. Some are suggesting that uh, things actually get really, really good. For the time being, I'm predicting it's going to get bad because when ad rates drop, it precipitates a drop in commercial activity. That is to say, small businesses like diners or whatever stop advertising when they don't think they can make the money. And that's the majority of where ad rates come from, small programmatic ads from small businesses on on a local level. If they don't advertise, they don't have the money. That suggests they're going to slow down business. When they do, people won't have jobs. People won't be able to go out and eat. Slow economic activity. And that means everyone's going to get hit. So we get hit by this. But here's the thing. I I plan for this. We have a rainy day fund. Uh... I don't think we're going anywhere. I think we're still growing. We're just not growing as fast as we were. I think by March, we'll probably have been recovered. But I plan things very carefully. That's why I explain, you know, to to the extent that I do about the inner workings of TimCast. You got to have, you've got to have investments. You've got to have money. You've got to be able to operate for six months. Some say three. I say six. I need to know that all of my employees are going to get paid no matter what happens economically, which is why we created TimCast.com. Become a member if you want to support us. For you, it may be 10 bucks. But when we get, if, if we were to ever reach the size of, say, the Daily Wire with a million people, to, to one person, it's 10 bucks. So for some people, it's hard. For some people, it's easy. But to one company, having, uh, a, you know, a million people giving you 10 bucks a month, you know, at the very least, you can average out 8 million bucks a month. Because there's churn. You know, I don't think it's gonna be 200,000 people. So that's, that, that, that's how we, we navigate this. I guess to simplify, I'm laughing as these companies struggle and falter. As they collapse, there's more room for us to grow. But there's an upper limit, and that's what they're finding. The media landscape is decentralizing. The big tech corporate players are failing. Good. It means influence between the industry will be evened out. It means that Timcast may never be as big as the New York Times is or Netflix, but we will have an equal sized voice with the rest of them probably a little bit larger because there's still meritocracy here and we're good at what we do. But in the long run, it means that they are losing power and their control over the narrative will dwindle along with it. It means that the people who work here will become successful, will be able to change the world for the better, will get paid to do it, and we will all be better off for it. So forgive me, Washington Post and Vox and Google and Facebook and Amazon, if I'm sitting back with my feet up gloating and laughing. You know what, man? You deserve it. You will own nothing and you will be happy. They wanted to support the crackpot messaging, then they can revel in it. And the rest of us will pave our own way. Build a better world. Meritocracy. And I'll leave it there. Next segment's come up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.